I'm you good. Want, you want to clap? <laughs> I don't need to clap. I'm straight. Clap. Because he's going to spin. Come on. <laughs> fuck it. I'm clapping. So, all right. That, that's all I want for the intro. Do <laughs> you have your vape, by the way? Yeah. Okay, I found it on the desk. I just want the intro. Right. I'm not going to clap. Fuck it. I'm going to clap. And then this. Welcome to Cover Fire Podcast. Today's guests are Nick and Lou. My name is Bobby, and we are sponsored by Glue Vine Farms. That's good. <laughs> so, so actually, uh, today, uh, welcome to Cover Fire Podcast. We're Nick and Lou, and we are actually joined by Bobby. <laughs> you pointed to yourself and you said Nick. Yeah, who cares? It doesn't matter. Today's opposite day. We don't know what's going on. We're late uh, as fuck. Bobby's been a fucking blessing with our uh, bullshit. But we are actually sponsored by Gluevine Farms. If you we look are. on the table over yeah, there, there's real. some cool products. Um, we'll uh, put some links in their shit or whatever. Figured out. Uh, they make CBD products and all that we'll shit. We'll talk about it more later. It's whatever. They're dope. Um, Super dope. Yeah. Um, moving along. <laughs> we just had a really rough like two hours trying to get this shit going. Uh, is it? It's been two hours. It's literally hey, on dude, the dot. Two hours. Growing out. Been two yeah, hours. Growing out. Yeah, we uh, ran into some like super dope tactical difficulties. The mummy is cursing us. I'm convinced. Oh, the mummy hole's open. The right mummy now. hole's open. The mummy hole is open. Since the mummy hole's been open, it's just been a fucking downfall. So we got a Bobby. We got a a hole. That we found in our basement that goes into a tomb, basically. <laughs> Literally. And uh, we covered it up with cardboard. That fell. Uh, then I That's it? <laughs> and then we covered it up. I'll show it to you later. We covered it up with um, tape. Uh, I taped over it. And that held for a while. It did a, um, you did a good job. And I came down and the tape was just off the wall. Um, like it was a bunch of tape. Like I did a, sh like the whole thing was still connected. Like somebody punched it. I literally remember looking yeah. at it going, this is going to stick for a while. And, and then you were like, the mummy holes uncovered. And I was like, what do you mean? Yeah. And I came down here and I was like, oh God, the mummy holes uncovered. Yeah. So that's a thing. It literally um, looked like somebody took it and just gripped it from top to bottom and just went, nope. Yep. Or, or punched it. I can't even hold a window up in my broken car with tape. What do you think a mummy hole is going to taste? You know, that's a pretty good about? point. I don't know. We tried. We gave it our fucking best. Hey, look, two great minds here. We did our absolute best, all right? We used the greatest of man's technology, and it's not going to work. Duct tape. You need to Duct call tape. Brendan Fraser, dude. He'll come and take care of that mummy for you. Dude. Man, we're not fucking around. People keep asking. We talked about this in our second episode, and people keep asking us, oh, are you going to fucking go in there and look? Nope. <laughs> not nope. bad. Nope. And you know, what? Nope. you know what the second most popular question I get when I talk about the mummy hole is, what kind of mummy? Like like a, like an Egyptian mummy or like a Brendan Fraser mummy, and I always go Brendan Fraser mummy. But that because we talked about scarab beetles a lot the first night. Is, is an Egyptian mummy oh, wow. not a Brendan Fraser? Well, they're mummy? just talking like a like a sleeping like a stereotypical like oh it's just a mummy or like oh. a fucking comeback to a, a, a moon mummy. Yeah, who knows? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm just gonna assume the worst, and I'm pretty sure you are too, based on our first night here where we were both going no 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 mummy. <laughs> So well, during the pandemic, dude, toilet paper can be hard to come across, dude. So that mummy, because you could have snagged some TP off it. You know, hey, dude. you're full of ideas, man. Genius. Dude, hey. <laughs> Genius. Say two, two's company, but three's a crowd. I call that man uh, antisocial. You know what I'm saying? So. Heard. What's up, guys? So. All right, so that was, a bad joke, <laughs> that, was that was fucking terrible. 
Well, this is Bobby. <laughs> so tell us a little about yourself. What do you do? Yeah. Are you a, a big music boy? What do you like to, you know, you write music, you play music. What do I do? So I play, are you, so what do I do or do I play music? Sure. I do play, you make yeah, so I play all those music. things? Yeah. So I do some things sometimes. Yeah. I, uh, I play some music. Uh, I am a big musician. I know how to. Uh, you know, play music properly. Mm. So that's mm. what I do most of my time. <laughs> Super descriptive. Uh, I have a big wow. music. I, I I learned to play music uh, properly. I do it uh, right. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's some there's some instruments my mom that uh, wow. I play, and I do it, I do it at some times or some days. And uh, what is happening? Yeah, dude. Uh, so. <laughs> Are yeah, you a musician? To, uh... <laughs> Are you mentally stable? <laughs> dude, I went. I saw a horse in a stable once, dude. If that's the same thing, but maybe not. <laughs> oh, but yeah, dude. Uh, so I play music. Yeah, I, I, uh, I do play music. I, I've been writing my own, uh, trying to define my craft over the last two years but recently i've been trying to concentrate more on more on the uh performance and the musicianship aspect of it and not so much of the writing and singing aspect um but yeah i i am i would consider myself a musician sure sure yeah, totally totally <laughs> well as long as we got we got one check mark that's all that matters Boop. Yep, we got him on. He's a musician. Okay, cool beans. We know he's a musician. <laughs> well, we covered music. We All can talk right, about whatever now. Later, dude. Bring that with those <laughs> hey, thank jokes. you for coming. Welcome to Cover Fight Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Hot Dog City, USA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, uh, what what fucking uh, what instruments do you play? Like I have notes. I see you. Uh, I have written down here, big bass boy, because you know I'm great at taking notes. So I know you uh, you you play bass a lot. <laughs> Yeah, so I actually uh, started playing bass most recently, uh, but it's probably it's it's been my calling for a while. I just didn't have the motivation until recently until actually to actually dive into it. Um, but I play guitar uh, mainly. I'm a singer. I play bass, and drums, ukulele. Learning how to play the piano. Uh, kind of a jack of a few trades, master of none. Hell yeah. Do. He's a really good singer. Don't yeah. Fool you. Oh, yeah. trust me. the The second biggest note I have, um, on top of bass boy is big ol' sing boy. That's my second biggest note. He likes to he likes to pretend like he, he can't sing that well. Oh, I've he heard. Can. I think I've heard yeah. stories about this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he's a he's a fucking, he's a piece of shit. Uh, I, 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 so I've delved into your uh, uh kind of your social media and I've seen uh quite a few, like just you performing like in like the, the smaller settings not necessarily like live but like like jam sessions and I, every time i like every time i click on the video i'm like damn this guy's got a really good fucking voice and that's definitely the thing that like hits me every time i'm like holy fuck this guy sings very well yeah i really wanted to uh really wanted to go to to school and learn how to, you know, properly sing. Mm. Uh, I've I, I, I taught by ear, myself by ear. So I wanted to learn, you know, technique and, but you know, specifically how to sing certain styles. But uh, with, you know, going to 
school for that kind of thing. I mean, going to music school in general is kind of a gamble in itself, but going to school for instruments, you could you can replicate somebody else's sound a lot easier with an instrument, but with your your voice, you're kind of born with what you have. I, yeah. I kind of think, you know, like I'll never sound like, you know, what we were jamming out earlier, some Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. But on an instrument, I could play, you know, something similar to what she sounds like, maybe, but singing-wise, I couldn't. Um, so I think I, by taking this break and concentrating more on how to play an instrument and how to play music in general, I kind of learned how to express myself a little bit more through an instrument than my voice. So I, I kind of chose the instrument more than my, my voice. Yes. So when you talk about music school, um, I know you recently got accepted to Berkeley uh, College of Music because I don't know if that's the, the full title of what it's called, but I know Berkeley is a music school or they have a music program, I should say. Yeah, that was like what on the 20, that was the 26th of March. I saw that creepy. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. my job. Yeah, he's he's really creepy. He, likes to, <laughs> he creeps social media pretty hard and finds out things I like to be weird. Yeah. So. Accepted to Berkeley, you're starting that when, and what are you going to be doing at the, the school? I uh, should be starting in the fall. Um, I auditioned with, for bass guitar performance, um, but I read that you don't really necessarily declare your performance, maybe till later semester, I'm not exactly sure, but my goal is to... Uh, major in bass guitar performance for sure oh no um, shit fall i'm not really sure if i'm going to be going to the valencia campus or the boston campus but i was selected to go to the valencia campus which i'm going to try my best to go to uh, but if not i'm happy with either i'm just <laughs> you know insanely happy about the this happening it really caught me off guard so what did it? What was the the amount of work like? How I mean, I guess I should say, like how hard or did you work? What kind of effort did you pour into getting um, accepted into that into that school? Uh, you know, we just yeah. real quick, we just had two guys on that went to Berkeley, and we kind of I don't want to say we glossed over it. We didn't really get into how what the acceptance part looked like. I know yeah. you said you auditioned, but I mean, for you as a musician trying to get into that higher level of learning, like what, how, I guess you've done a lot of difficult things in your life and we'll get into that. And you've done a lot of hard things. You've been through a lot, but like what in comparison to that or into those, some of those things, how hard and difficult would you say your, your journey to getting accepted into the school was? I think, uh, I wish I could have a better answer for you, but based on the circumstances with, with you know, with, with the coronavirus and the not being in-person audition, you know, yeah. it was virtual. Uh, so that kind of probably changed the experience and, you know, the might have enhanced a little bit. I don't know, maybe it made it a little bit more weird, might have, maybe not. Um, and, uh, you know, the stakes that I put on myself uh, when it came to getting into that school, the the preparation for it, um, I read recently that the you prepare your whole life for something you just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. So 
which I, I guess I can, I can kind of see with, but with Berkeley in general, I didn't have really much of an idea or much confidence in getting in. So the, um, the preparation was just kind of just going to the community college I've been going to for the last year and a half and learning how to actually play music and, you know, look at music differently. And I'm sorry, <laughs> Sully, it's okay. Is that a dog? Yeah, my dog. My, mm. the, my pizza's here. I apologize. Ooh. We talked about King Fast. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah, so um, uh, my preparation for it was just I tried to read up as much and talk to as many people I knew that had auditioned or had got, gone to the school. Um, and just it really what I concentrated on was that the, the first thing that it says is to pick a piece of music to play. Um, but a lot of the other schools require you to, you know, these are jazz schools, you know, pick a jazz standard and you have to play these certain songs with these certain parameters, but they were just kind of like pick a song that you think represents you and your skill and who you are, which I, I, I put a lot of thought into that and tried to amplify my personality and uh, you know, how I view music through my choice. And I, I really practiced and practiced and practiced that song over and over again. But I ended up switching my instrument a few weeks before the audition to bass. I was, you know, I was going to go for guitar. And uh, so then I kind of had to switch up my thought process on that. But I think that worked out in the end because I got in. It was just trying to be comfortable with my instrument and be comfortable with how I hear music and see music because that's kind of the questions they ask you. So, What was the song you auditioned with? I Want You Back by the Jackson 5. Oh, it's dead. Nice. Yeah. That's fucking dope. That's a good fucking song. Yeah, they seem kind of cool about it. They, it seemed like the person judging it was um, happy with it because uh, I'm sure a lot of people might choose songs that uh, at least I hear that they're trying to, you know, show how great and fast they are or technical technical they are but yeah. but but i just saw something that was happy of the and the baseline of that song whether you know it or not that's the that's what you remember in the song you know and especially in that kind of song or motown songs like that's what you remember in that song yeah. that's the yeah. bass line that's so dope. yeah i chose that song and it, yeah for sure very muscular very 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 muscular i mean but so you guys are in d town around d town michigan dude Most yeah i mean that's shit. well well before yeah. we dig into that i mean why why berkeley why why did you choose berkeley of all the colleges um i really wanted to go to school for music but i didn't wanted to learn a lot of different styles that necessarily aren't taught in a, in a, in a conventional school or one of the normal universities you go to. And, um, you know, I love jazz. I want to learn how to play jazz, but I really wanted to learn how to play more than that. And um, it seemed like the contemporary music programs were the best for that. So, 
Berkeley kind of has this reputation of being an amazing school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's a really tough school to get into. And since my brother died, I kind of wanted to put wanted to, to do the best I could and kind of prove to myself that I could do do that kind of thing and uh, perform at that kind of level. So I, I, I tried to put all of my cards into what I considered the really hard competitive school that would help me become the best musician I can be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so for the listeners, like I've known Bobby for eight years, nine years now. Um, and um, it's when I saw that he got accepted to Berkeley, it was, I was, I was beyond excited. Um, <clears throat> uh, definitely something knowing him for as long as I've known him, music's always been a huge passion for him uh, and something he's always loved doing. So for me, just to see that he's kind of progressing even farther into that and doing these things, I thought it was like super cool. Uh, and definitely just wanted to hear because we haven't talked much about it. We actually haven't talked a lot recently. We've both been super busy, but like just to know that like you're finally taking that next step up is like exciting for me. And it's like and for you, I'm sure. Somebody coming from an out like an outside perspective of you, like when I was doing like the uh, like for lack of a better term, I call it research, but it's literally just fucking stalking. stalking. It's literally just fucking we just stalking. Stalk you. When I was stalking you. Like just uh, going through your whole like, you know, your whole social media and everything and seeing how actually involved you are in music and how like very talented you are through and through in music, seeing like like seeing the screenshot of that acceptance letter got me fucking hard, for lack of a better term. You know, I was like, wow, that's super fucking cool. Like I was like, I don't even know you like. And that was just uh, I felt the the radiant joy out of just seeing that letter and just being like, dude, that is so absolutely like like uh, just awesome. That's just amazing to be able to like read that letter. I can't even imagine how you felt seeing it and just like like looking at it, closing your eyes and walking away and being like, no way. And then going back and reading it and be like, holy shit, this is actually real. Yeah, dude, it was, honestly, it was, it was surreal, like, you know, I was, I was playing some music with some friends, and, uh, they took a, you know, a smoke break and went outside, and I was sitting on, in there, and, uh, pulled out my phone while they were outside, checked my email, and saw the decision letter, and it just, you know, started shaking, I'm like, oh my god, I put, uh, you know, uh, my, my twin died a few months ago, and so I kind of dropped the ball on, it was dur- during my you know midterms and everything so in and during that process i had to apply to a bunch of colleges where i was going to go next so i really was just overwhelmed with all these things i had to do at this time along with you know that that apple ordeal yeah so when getting into berkeley was really emotional because i really felt more of a pressure to uh you know do life better than i was uh, you know, and uh, do the best that I can. And in my opinion, that was going to Berkeley. So when I got it, I just started weeping. I didn't even make it through like the first whatever two or three sentences where I said you were accepted. I just started crying, and they came back in, and they were like, 
oh, dude, you okay? You crying? And I'm just like, oh, man, I got to Berkeley, dude. <laughs> and I was crying, man. So it was, it was, it was it, yeah, it's, it's seriously uh, really, um, I really want to post it because I don't want to do it for like a braggadocious type of thing. But like, I am really proud of myself because you should be I've proud. worked really yeah. hard to get to, uh, I am, you know, someone who grew up really poor, you know, still is poor. And, uh, going through the things that I've uh, I've experienced and being able to um, persevere in this type of way educationally meant, meant, meant a lot to me, you know? That's still, it's like just super fucking cool. I can't even imagine how surreal, surreal it felt for you. Well, yeah, but what, I, what I went by that three sentences thing that like the fourth or fifth sentence said it like, you're, hey, you also were expected to go to Spain. <laughs> My grandma, as I sent it to her and she was like, you're going to Spain? I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, she's going senile, dude. I knew it, of course. You know, <laughs> then I read it and I was like, oh my God. Like, like fuck. <laughs> so that that was even more surreal, you know. That I didn't even realize that at first. So when I saw that, that was just like, wow, I could that sounds like an amazing experience to really open up my mind, you know, musically and perspectively. So right. So so we, we took a little quick little cut there. You noticed the weird shit. Um, you noticed the fucking fifth fireball in the middle of the table that wasn't there was before. hiding underneath the couch in the basement and kind of threw me off guard. Yeah. But so earlier you said you brought up that me and Nick live around Detroit. Oh, sorry. Acid reflux. And we, I used to live in Detroit and yeah, whatever. Now we live in the greater metro. We live in area. Uh, Grand Rapids and actually Bobby, where, where are you from? I was born in St. Augustine, Florida, but then I grew up in uh, Dexter, Michigan, outside of Ann Arbor. Dexter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of where I'm from. And um, Whatever about all that small talk. How do you guys know each other? Let's talk about you. This is my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, so me and Nick know each other because... Um, we rode the short bus together. We rode... We rode uh, he rode my bus while I was in high school. I, you rode my bus. No, I was like, no, it was my, that was my boss. <laughs> that was my boss. Yeah. It was, it was so actually on the side. It said the May bus. Yeah. We used to kiss like, in the back of the bus. There was like six of May kids on that bus. There literally were yeah. six May kids on that bus. It was fucking wild. Um, yeah. So we here on my bus in high school and then, uh, we just kind of became friends. Yeah. Over music after that. Um, through, uh, yeah. It Are just, you putting a condom you, on? So you, okay. did you, did you know? So you knew uh, May during his his dancing phases, his break dancing phases. He did not. Or was know. that? Was that? I knew him towards the end of the break dancing phases. Everybody knew me when I was able to dance. They just didn't get to see it. So. I saw you dance quite a bit. He's seen me dance. Yeah. <laughs> I. You, you would always be you like. Know, if you, you can't not. You can't know him and not know that he dances. Yeah. Like you're, you're like, hey, what's your name? He's all like. Every time, so we didn't. It's a girl. He'll just be like, make his. He'll make his dick dance a little bit, and be like, we didn't release that episode, but um, we did talk about how uh, everyone doesn't like. I'm actually a shockingly talented dancer. You're very good at dancing, and um, people are genuinely surprised by that. Um, I don't. I can't do much of it anymore because I'm old and out of shape. I gotta look this up really quick. But yeah, keep, keep talking. Um. But so got it. tell tell each other tell tell everyone how we know each other. 
This is our podcast, not yours. Um, we're on his podcast. Yeah, we're, on so podcast we're not. Right? We're not recording right now. Yeah, it's just him. <laughs> okay. Wait, why? <laughs> we're joking. We're joking. No, no, we're joking. Big joke. Oh, <laughs> I was like, dang! I just fired this to me. I pulled the Wendy Williams. <laughs> so then, um, uh, so we met. Um, Think what we both had a DUI and it was community service, right? <laughs> and um... <laughs> yep, that's that's it. No, that's our, it. Uh, so somehow, in the fates of the universe, Maze, you're a twin, right? I am a twin. Yeah, yeah. Horrible question. I know that. Oh, when's your birthday? Uh, same day as yours, November eighth. <laughs> we are we are both twins. Both have the same birthday. Both somehow had the same MOS in the military, mm-hmm. and we I ended up under his slippery command <laughs> yeah. when I out of my out of out of combat medic school. May was a. Uh, was uh, in charge of me when I got there. He's a team leader. <laughs> and, uh, team leader. Team leader. And we... Uh, That's what you always have been good at. Yeah, you know, I give a lot of my... Uh, everything that I know, you know, they teach you just enough to kill somebody in school, you know? <laughs> and then, but when you get to your unit, they teach you how to actually, you know, do what you're supposed to do. And... Um, in, Throughout all seven years of my career as a medic, I can definitely thank uh, my successes. Like I guess and my failures too. That's on you, bro. But uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'll take it. He, I'll take it. You he did taught this. Me, you know, he taught me not only how to uh, stand in the corner, but he also taught me very much how to uh, to save somebody's life faster than anybody else. And that was the reason why I was promoted so fast and reached the successes I was because of his, his teaching. So how we met, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you came to my, you came to the unit. Um, what are you a private PFC or some shit? Stupid PV2. We got a bunch uh, of, we got a bunch of, not- bunch of new, bunch of new people all at once. Um, some of them are good. Uh, a lot of them, a couple of them were not good. Um, as far as medics go, as far as being a medic, because we were, that's why we were both medics. Uh, and Elder here was just like, and immediately you could just tell he had this this knack for the job. Um, he's a little fucker. He was Todd. competent. He was competent. He was a little fucker <laughs> at times. Like, I mean, I had to like. I mean, look at him. Weren't you the fuck face <laughs> that left his fucking rifle in the bear? Was that you? Was you? Who was that? I don't know. I don't know. He did some dumb shit sometimes. <laughs> I had to fucking chew him out. Um, you know, for me, like the medical training, I always took super seriously, very seriously. And I like that was when I would, you would hear the worst from me is when you fucked up during that training is because I've always, I've always taken that uh, the most serious. Like you have somebody's as you should. You're, you're these guys that you're with. You know, when you're out in, you know, a combat zone or not even in a combat zone, when just even in garrison, you when you're with these guys, they, they're they trusting you to be able to, to be there for them. And if you can't take it seriously and if you can't learn and you can't pay attention and you can't be on your shit, 
I don't want you anywhere near them. Uh, you don't need to be. So uh, he, as much as shit as I gave him and as much like stuff <laughs> I put him through and much screaming in his fucking ear and putting him in the corner and whatever, uh, he always persevered and he just kept working at being better. Uh, and that was always a great thing to see. Uh, and that's why. Yeah, the biggest thing that I think that I learned You know, the, the, a bunch of things in common in, outside of, I mean, yeah, we were both in the military, but we had a very similar sense of humor that was really crude yeah, and rude yeah, that yeah. only like you and I really understood and some NCOs encouraged and some, you know, but whatever. Uh, the you got along really well, but what you were able to teach me was uh, not only that it was okay to be that way, but it was also also taught me when it was okay when when to turn that off yeah. how to turn that off and how to do that uh appropriately no matter how inappropriate we got you know we would do you know dude you gotta say it, we did some crazy stuff gang bang Pikachu. <laughs> yeah you know we we even transferred to a different year for a little bit together you know we did some things yeah. together dude and throughout that time it not only was i I might have been a little, you know, as a private, and I, you know, I pushed your buttons, you know. But when, when it was serious time, you taught me how to do that, and uh, you know, I could, I'm sure there's, I, I can very much thank you for that because that that lesson also leads into other aspects of your life, you know, when it's time to be serious, when it's time to, yeah. to make a penis joke, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's the a lot of people don't get is that you have to, you can't be serious all the time. You have to be able to keep morale to at a high point. You have to be able to joke. You have to be able to be friendly with each other. You can't just fuck you, fuck you, blah, 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 hard charge the entire time. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty and like when you have shit that you have to take care of, like for instance, in combat, like you have to make that switch and you have to flip it. There's no in between no. when someone's life is on the line. Like you have to make flip. And I wasn't like, when I showed up to that unit, like it was different because, um, like I was one of like two or three medics that had been in combat and I didn't really mesh well with a lot of the other medics because they weren't taking it as seriously. Uh, specifically one of the NCOs who ended up getting promoted into a position who had no reason to be in that position. Um, and I didn't mesh well with it at all. And yeah. like, he was telling me how to do things when he had never done these things. And you know, you have to kind of step back in the military and do that. But like when you're putting people's lives in danger, when you train them, when you train somebody how to do something and you're not training them properly, that's fucked. You know, one thing I've always maintained is that the book teaches you the basic way and there's a buy the book way to do things. And it's this one way there's doesn't account for real life variables and changing scenarios. So many things happen, especially in combat. It's like a tree. Yeah. There's just, you don't know what's going to happen. So it only can account for what is a hundred percent specifically known. And so when you teach somebody the book way, that's fine, but it's our job for those people that have been there and experienced these things to show people the variables. And this is the real life experience. And this is what's going to happen. I think we went to some. Did we go to? Did you go to training with me and uh, Gluck? I think you know. Not only when I got to the unit, uh, it was kind of like there was those other guys that were in similar seniority to you, to where uh, you guys had to pick like your runt of the litter, you know, that came in 
but then I I kind of we gravitated towards each other uh, because you would taught me those kinds of things to where they teach you by the book. I'd be doing it, and you'd grab it and fucking throw it and be like, okay, what now? You know, you pushed me. You know, like they make those guys down twenty yards. You'd have me run fifty and then redo it. You know. Yeah. Uh, so there's one and that's thing. what made oh, us sorry, yeah. good together you know we were we were an awesome team dude. we were we were you know i struggled like i struggled a lot when i switched from active duty to the national guard uh you know like i remember when i went to table eight training at fort custer i don't know i can't remember if you were there for it i know i was there with with gluck and um uh someone Dave? else was it i i don't remember who else there's someone else there and i remember like you had these two medics teaching us this stuff and it's fine. Like I'm cool with it. I got yelled at because I, when we were doing like assessments, I wouldn't grab a female medic's breasts and like full on grab them. And I was like, I asked her, I was like, hey, are you okay with me touching your breasts? And the guy was like, you have to train as you fight. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not like, she's not dying in real life. Like I'm not about yeah. to, like, obviously I know if she's dying, I'm going to do this. But, like, she's not. So, I'm like, hey, are you okay with me touching your breasts? Like, yeah. So, you don't do that. And I was like, yeah, but, like, I'm not about to, like, sexually assault this girl. <laughs> like, she's not, like, there's that's, there's not implied consent. She's not dying. And then, so, me and him did not get along the rest of that training. Because I remember he goes, he looked at my uniform and I had, like, my, my combat medic badge on. He goes, I get it. You got the t-shirt. You've been there. Blah, 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 blah. He goes, oh. And I was just like, eh, heard. Oh, but, like, God. the other instructor. That's fucked. The other, the other instructor, <laughs> like, loved me. I did my, I did like my CPR training. Like you should do your CPR research. And I got like 30 (laughs) seconds into the CPR thing. (laughs) I did the CPR thing and he cuts me off like 30, 45 seconds into it. He goes, yeah, you clearly know what you're doing. You're fine. And same thing when we did the, you remember how you go into the trauma, the trauma rooms and like they have the (sighs) dummies everywhere. So I had like one dummy. I, there's three dummies. I walk in, one of them's like shooting or no, it had no legs missing or no legs and there was no blood coming out. So I'm like, that's dead no blood yeah we're dead uh the other person i don't remember i remember i assessed that person really quick and i was like yeah they're they're fucked and i went to the other one and it was like pulse and there was like blood coming out of its arm and there was like a huge gash and i was like this is the patient i'm gonna work on yeah and i whipped out the tourniquet got the tourniquet on and then i looked over and saw the facial burns criked it really fast and the guy's like all right we're good i was like what he's like yeah we're good you got this i was like all right heard <laughs> like he loved me but the other guy fucking hated I'm me i'm still like so there's yeah. two things i think i actually uh worked with that one of the guys that was there doing that i wasn't there with the training mm-hmm. but you told me about that and you told me his name and i remember later on i ended up working with him mm-hmm. Because I was in some position for the state of Michigan to certify all the medics and stuff. Yeah, and, probably uh, you probably did. Was it uh, which one? And then I don't remember his name. Wasn't he a flight medic? Yeah, they were both flight medics. They were both flight medics. One of them loved me. The other one hated exactly, me. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I think I actually worked with both of them. And then, um, uh, yes, yeah, so totally get that because I when we're going through the same training because um, I I did what you taught me. You know. Yeah. I, I, the same thing happened later on, and I was like, I remember thinking, like, man, that sounds really familiar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because of the same type of deal. Well, I, it was like, uh, it was the same thing. Like, we had uh, the the battalion aid station training. So, like, so for our, our listeners, there's this whole, like, thing they make you do as medics when you have to recertify. So, like, there's this part, there's this aid station or field hospital, whatever, and they simulate a mortar attack, and they bring in these prisoners of war 
first and we're treating the prisoner. There's not like, this isn't real. This was done yeah. in like, All this was done in Michigan. This is done in Michigan. And the prisoners are war on the, on the, on the bed. And so they're like, okay, we're bringing in patients. They're of less severity than the, uh, the prisoners of war. I was like, get them off the bed, put the fucking U S soldiers on the bed. And the doctors or the doctor or the nurse, whoever it was, was like, don't do that. And I was like, okay, hurt. Yes. Yes, ma'am. And I was like, are you sure? Cause like, like we need to, aren't we not going to prioritize American soldiers? She goes, that's not how it works. I was like, I understand that that's not how it works. I'm just telling you in real life, I've literally watched this happen. And she's like, uh, no doctor, whatever. I was like, uh, okay, fine. Like, that's cool. Like I wasn't arguing with her, but I was like, I'm just saying like, do you want to teach these guys what happens in real life? Or do you want to teach them like by the book? And, and she's like, that doesn't happen in real life. I was like, it does. It certainly it does. does. Am yeah. I saying it's right? No, but it does happen. I've literally watched it happen. And she could not believe me. She goes, no doctor or nurse or, or I was like, Hey man, I'm just telling you I've seen it. And it was whatever, but like to kind of back it up. I don't know. Just, we went off like on a huge thing there. Uh, but working, it was funny because like within our unit, it felt like we were kind of kept in the box. But but when we went outside of our unit, they were just like, "Wow, you guys are dude, shit." That you time, know what I mean, the time with the one nineteen field artillery was just dope because I just got to walk around and like talk. Those guys fucking still, I still talk to those guys all the time. <laughs> I still talk to those guys all dude, the time. I still get Snapchats, dude, all the time. Yeah. There was this picture of this guy that fights ISIS, and one of them was like, "That looks just like me." He's like, "Yo, is that you?" He sends me pictures. Like, no, dude. <laughs> Well, that's what we were talking about earlier. Uh, we were—I remember we were in the barracks at one of our—and uh, um, there is this fucking private there who kept talking about how he bangs porn stars, <laughs> <laughs> and that he's got the biggest cock you've ever seen. And someone got a hold of his phone and opened up his his phone and his pictures, and his we we looked at his cock and. It's it was a respectable sized penis. It wasn't not anything to write home about, but it was tapered. It was the weirdest looking penis I've ever seen in my life. It like started like really thick at the bottom and then it just got skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and skinnier as it got to the top. It was the weirdest looking. Why are we talking about dicks right now? How did we get here? It's dude, RIP podcast. to the DP, dude. You know what I'm saying? Once your boys get a hold of that DP, dude, you're done, bro. But you yeah, this, this dude just kept talking about how he'd bang porn stars all the time. He's like, I used to bang. I remember who he was saying. He's just talking about that he bangs porn stars and he's going to be in the porn industry. And uh, he was just trying to show off. And of course. Cool did he ever stuff. get in the porn industry? I remember one. I don't time. know, man. I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. We were, it, you, you were sleeping, dude. And we had, I think it was at the end of whatever we were doing one of those times. And, uh, um, I remember they wanted to collect, uh, mine and yours M9s. And, uh, you were sleeping. <laughs> And uh, they were looking to get it. And then I I, I was like, I'm going to get this guy good. I'm like, yeah, bro. Uh, he's sleeping, man, but just go up and grab it. <laughs> like, he, and he was like, wait, what? He's, I'm like, yeah, dude, just go up and grab it from him. But he won't mind. And I'm sitting there. They're just waiting. He goes and grabs it. And he wakes up like. <laughs> like <laughs> dude, there's literally like. There's times that where I'll just like I'll come downstairs in the middle of the night and I'm like I need to grab a glass of water, and then Lou's just sitting there on the couch like just sitting up and I'm like fuck yeah I sleep like sitting up all the time I'm like yeah. I know this motherfucker has to work in three hours he should definitely go to his fucking bed because he's gonna feel like shit if he doesn't 
So I'll sit there and look at him like, how am I going to wake him up? And I just don't want to be like, Lauren, Lauren, Lou, Lou, and just try to wake him up because then he'll look at me and just be like, person, and then immediately be on the thing. So I've decided, I've devised a plan where if I call his dog enough, he'll be like, oh, somebody's calling my dog and look immediately at his dog and then like kind of assess the situation and wake up because I've known him long enough to know, don't fucking go up to him and wake him up because he's immediately going to be in that situation where like, I'm going to snap your fucking neck. Like, <laughs> I forgot that oh, somebody tried, I, I forgot someone tried to grab my pistol <laughs> yeah, from me. Yeah, that's fucked. <laughs> It's definitely, you know, something that I'm. I, tell me if I'm wrong with with my assessment, but I, I bet you you learned that not only as a combat medic, but you learned that through combat because when you're on a combat mission and the medic's napping, they're sleeping. Only wake them up. Only if you need them. Not if there's something bad's going. Only yep. if you need them. You know, if they're sleeping. They need it. So when you wake them up, it's game time. So he probably wakes up ready to fucking go. Yeah. That's like yeah. the other night. Sorry. Yeah. I well, I mean, it. Well, like, hold up. Like, yeah. really, last night, I had a girl over. And for some fucking reason, this girl decides to wake me up by hovering over me. Terrible. And saying my name. And I fucking lunge right and at like, her. Ah. I <laughs> she, like, backed up. I was like, I was like. Hey, like, oh, she's sorry. leaving. I was like, don't do that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? But like, this, I literally forgot someone tried to grab my pistol. And that's hilarious that you that you let them do that. I fucking forgot about that. But that's yeah, I like, thought it was uh... hilarious. Too, I, think it, I think it was like the one guy that you didn't like that much. The other. Was it, uh... Hold up. Was it holstered? <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, was man. I wearing it? Because I probably was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually sleep with my weapon with me. So, but there was there was like uh, I want to say it was last week. There was this fucking truck that for like thirty five minutes was like literally like it would start at the end of the street. We're like four houses down, and it would just it would come up like going fast and then stop and slow down in front of our house, and like it would just like it pulled into the driveway, backed out like halfway, and then just sat there. And then backed out, went down three or four houses, turned around, and it would only slow down in front of our house. And this happened for like 30, 35 fucking minutes. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Because I'm about to go to sleep. But then I see my dog and the cat in the window, like looking out like, all right. And then I could hear its engine going back and forth. So I watch it. I'm like, dude, this is fucked up. Like, there's no weapon in the house. Like, what? What? Like, if this motherfucker decides to, like, come in. Well, there's, you know, there's a weapon. But. But either way, so uh, fuck that. We're cutting that. <laughs> but like, so there's, so we're, I'm just sitting there looking out the window, and I'm, I'm like, fellow. I'm like, what the fuck's gonna happen if? I'm like, what's gonna happen if this shit goes on? So I like assessed it, and I'm like looking, and I was like watching it go for like 30 minutes until it stopped right in front of our neighbor's house and just sat there with its engine running. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just gonna call the non-emergency number and be like, yo, you guys gotta check this out, like. Like, I'm not about to deal with this. I got to fucking work in the morning. I know Lauren's got to fucking work in the morning. So I called the non-emergency, just had him come out and check it. Next day, I'm, like, talking to him on the phone because we had something with the podcast where, like, something needed to get uploaded. And I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, this happened last night. He's like, why didn't you wake me up? And, like, I didn't think of it at the time, but I remember thinking about it the next day. It's like, because I'm not going to fucking wake you up and be like, hey, yo, some assholes outside of our house and the cops are on their fucking way. Like, because immediately I'm going to knock on the door and be like, uh, Lou? 
uh, somebody's outside, like, just chilling, and you're immediately going to go into fucking combat mode, like, here we go, this is what we're going to fucking do. <laughs> like, no, you're sleeping, you're actually asleep in your fucking bed, being peaceful, I'm not going to get you into fucking riled up mode. Yeah, in, my bed of all, in my bed of all Yeah, places. exactly, <laughs> I'm not going to get you into fucking riled up mode oh. in the middle of the night, just ready to go. Because I know how me and you get when we're drunk, and we're just like, yeah, let's go fuck some shit up, or something like, this person's being weird, we need to go investigate the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Did uh, I, did we ever tell it on the actual podcast, or was that the Forbidden podcast? I don't remember us wandering through the I my fucking we, past year with fucking yeah. swords. <laughs> I don't think he's heard it. Me and him, uh, it was the middle of the night at my uh, at my mom's house. Beyond, she lives on a farm. beyond fucked up. Oh, beyond, way beyond. I think we started drinking at like seven, seven or eight at night. Earlier than that. Yeah. So it was like we started. It was we're, daylight. We're drink- yeah, it was daylight when we started I drinking. Think we were drinking box wine. Were we drinking yeah, we box- drink a box wine. <laughs> no, we were drinking the cooking wine. The cooking yeah, chair. we were drinking yeah. cooking wine. We were drinking cooking wine. And Which then we didn't we do. Fucking- we never did that no, often. We never did that. We didn't do it often. Ever. Yeah. No, not often. Definitely not. But we ended up like drinking cooking wine and just getting fucking turnt. And then we got off work. <laughs> Wait, we weren't at work in the first place. No, definitely not drinking at work. Who cares? Yeah, fuck it. Who cares? That place is closed. But then we started drinking beer when we got off. And then went to the store, I got more fucking beer, and then ended up drinking till like five or six in the morning, just constant, you know, you know how he drinks, me and him kind of match the same pace. So it's like five or six in the fucking morning, and we hear my neighbors on my mom's house, she lives on a farm, we hear them doing just some weird shit. So me and him decide to investigate, and by investigate, I mean, I grab a samurai sword, and I hand him another sword, and we fucking, we just fucking covert ops bullshit through a manure pile filled uh pasture all the way to my fucking neighbor's fence throwing rocks towards their house and making weird noises to see if they reciprocate with weird noises or if they're aliens <laughs> we thought they might be aliens there was a chance we thought they might be aliens where'd you get the swords on the, on the house ready, bro house. i own swords <laughs> yes he's got swords he just has them i just like them i think they're cool dog <laughs> he just has them ready to go uh, i don't i don't know i don't have swords oh you do not have swords no i do have uh, swords i don't need a gun i kill motherfuckers <laughs> with my hands i got a samurai sword <laughs> I synced it. I synced you. I rip a man's it. jaw off with your bare hands. You rip the man's jaw bones off. I synced it. <laughs> uh, so we definitely just kind of talked a lot about. The wow. Mil- welcome to the music podcast yeah. where we talk about war stories. Uh, the military shit, man. I mean, I want We're going to. There's a, something I wanted to ask about that. But like, I just wanted to say, since we don't talk much, like, obviously, it's been a pleasure serving with you. I'm super happy to um see you progressing like. I don't know. One of the things that's always made me, and it's kind of a sentimental thing I'm about to say, like super happy is seeing and like not you. Uh, I've had other soldiers do it. Just letting them saying like the amount of influence that I've I've been able to put into their careers and into them as a soldier and to them, even not even just as soldiers, I'm moving on in their life. Uh, it it like it's awesome uh, when I hear that shit. It just chubs me up. And I, I want to say like it doesn't give me like a hard on. It yeah. just like it hits me hard that uh it gives your heart a heart on that like that like i i've been able to make a difference um because i always feel so negative about a lot of the things i've done in my life and when you guys say things like that to me not just you but you know you you do it a lot um <laughs> but like uh other people too it's just like um it makes me it makes me feel 
feel great and positive. Makes and you feel things. Makes you feel better about the things <laughs> I've done in my life. Uh, makes me not feel as much of like a piece of shit. I think you said so, off camera, like right before you started, you said something about like you, you like, hey, thank you for 151. Uh, oh, like, I can't even remember what it was. It was some number. You're like, yeah, thank you for this. And he was like, wait, what? And then he was like, well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second and kind of like glossed over it. And I remember thinking that and I was like, wait, what the fuck did he say? And I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, it was just uh, um, with whatever I uh, with whatever you, you can actually talk about. about yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just um, I was just thanking him. I mean, I'm you know, you know, I love you, dude. Yeah. As long as I've known you, yeah. even when I just met you, you know, I was like a puppy to you, bro. That's why <laughs> I, every time a freaking hot girl would come in the aid station, he'd throw me in the freaking corners. He'd know I'd freaking try and throw some game or something. <laughs> he did. He was always trying to do that shit. Always trying to do that shit. Oh, dude, I remember one time I, he he was trying to he was really trying to just humiliate, just really cuff me, dude. <laughs> seen the Star, Star Spangled Banner, seeing me sing in the corner, or no, the Soldiers Creed. I did. I was being I all sassy about it. I he smoked the smoked the shit out of me, dude. But, you know, it was fun though. You know what I mean? Like it was just like it was like he all the other people there. Yeah, I enjoyed, but um. And they were good medics as well, and they were smart and great. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, there wasn't any. There wasn't any when I like. There was no one in that unit that I didn't enjoy serving with. Yeah, it, it was just that it was like freaking. Hey, uh, you could tell that he wanted somebody who was serious, and I think he could tell that I was serious, and then we both also very much took it not seriously all the time so it like until until it was time to do it so we both just like boom and he so i i learned so much from him uh because right off the bat it was just this weird sadist relationship yeah go stand go, we, I have. Go, go stand in the corner just stand in the fucking corner. <laughs> so when I when I no, one of no, one of my dude. favorite punishments to do to people was make them stand in the corner like a child and then humiliate them by making them say what they did wrong over and over and over again or some stupid shit. Yeah. So like everyone could hear what they did and they just were like, if you're gonna act like a child, you're gonna get treated like a child. Just go stand in the corner. Yeah. So, yeah. That was like my favorite thing. I feel to like do you've. People. I, I yeah. think you've said this on the podcast a couple yeah. times. Like you've been like, yeah. I made this per like you didn't say specifically who, but you're like I made this person stand in the corner. Before. I mean, he like, was the most common. We joked a lot, like a lot of times that more often than not, when he stood in the corner, it was more for fun than bullshit. Yeah, because he would he would humor me with it, but I did often make people do it, like do it seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, because there were there were the, with the group of people that came and joined. Um, I mean, they they were all great people. They're all great soldiers, and great medics, but. They, um, when May did that to them, that would discourage them. You know what I mean? But when he did it to me, and I was like, "Let's go, dude!" <laughs> Corner time. Do you, do you remember Jar Jar Binks? I, I don't want to say his name, but you remember, you know who I'm talking about. Dude, okay, hold up, hold up. For the rest of my life. Do yeah. you were you there when I took my 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 helmet off and threw it at his chest? Yeah. <laughs> didn't you oh you told this so you told this on the podcast so, that we're not gonna release uh oh yeah so basically we're in a convoy right and <laughs> uh if you're the lead vehicle of the convoy is turning you're clear to turn right or the vehicle in front of you is turning you're clear to turn obviously you're gonna look a little bit but you're not 
you're you're going convoys. Yeah. You don't stop. You keep moving. Lead is lead. You keep well. It doesn't. You just keep moving in a convoy. The yeah. convoy doesn't stop for shit. You keep moving, right? So, convoy vehicle turns. I start to turn, and there's a fucking kid riding a bicycle, and and I almost fucking I almost ran this little kid over in an up armored Humvee. Each door weighs like what 500 pounds or some shit something <laughs> stupid yeah like, like i almost thrown this kid over in an up armored fucking humvee and i'm like this is dope so i'm already i'm already pissed off at this guy i've already he's already upset me enough this day keep in mind that if may was in a convoy it was usually you know like the buddy driver and I was, was driving. Yeah, yeah no, and I was that, driving this that, time. That was usually, yeah. 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 I was usually the TC and I worked a lot, so like I would end up sleeping quite a bit and this time I'm driving. And I was like Yeah, so so keep it's extra special. He's extra pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally I don't drive because I'm just like you're fucking doing this. Yeah. And um we pull into the fucking... Everyone feared him as well. They all feared him <laughs> because they knew that fucking... You know what I mean? They knew that their ass were going to be thrown in the corner or they were going to be fucking asked a bunch of questions and, and be and be tested yeah, on what they were being I, asked. I, that's really another fast. thing I did. I drilled... And I was I, the only kid who would... I drilled people on random medical knowledge all like, the time. Yeah, I would, I would come up to you and just randomly ask you medical questions like all the time. Like, just be like, what's up? What's, what's up with this? What do you know? But anyway, so some, I pull this, you know? yeah. this Humvee into the motor pool... He gets out, I get out, I rip my fucking helmet off and just chuck it right in his fucking chest and just start. He's like, he goes right to the ground. I remember these, you're these like, these are Kevlar helmets. They're not light. And I start just screaming at him in front of the entire battalion. The entire battalion is just all right out there. I got in so much fucking trouble for that. I got in so much fucking trouble. I remember for that. comparing this to, I was have like, you what? ever seen the video of that, that church pastor who how did nobody get that on video like how dude, did that not happen but i remember comparing this to that <laughs> video of the uh there's that church pastor who was just like yeah this kid was questioning god and i just walked up to him and i punched him straight in the chest not crumpled this kid and like that's just I the same that, yeah. energy yeah that's just the same energy it came up with like but like that's not as like that video is not as severe as what this dude did who and to, we're going to move away from this a little bit, but who yeah. was the, who was the fucker? Was it you that I made you iron mics down the motor pool? Was that you? Who was that? No, I don't think it, it had was me. Be, I think it you was never you. never smoked me that bad. Okay, what are I, iron no, mics? I, I think, hold up. I, yeah. I think it was you. We were at the motor pool. Someone lost their, you, someone misplaced their rifle. It was you, I think. You didn't, it, I had to be. No, maybe not. It might yeah, have been. I didn't do iron mics until like uh, way. I don't know if they were until it's way just a, later. So an iron mic is basically just lunges with your rifle over your head. Oh, I yeah, made but nonstop. Yeah, <laughs> I made somebody do it uh, down the entire length of like a three quarter mile motor pool. Oh my god! And back. I know, I know, I know who it was. It was the one guy from D Town. No, no, it wasn't him. No. No, it was no, it wasn't him. Oh, with the R, whatever that fucking dude's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the young kid. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, it was him. Uh, It was him. Yeah, (laughs) lost his lost his fucking misplaced his rifle, and I had it. This this fucking podcast is gonna pop up, and his his YouTube recommended. He's gonna be like that motherfucker. (laughs) Man, I don't know. I I don't know. I definitely like there's things I regret about that because I definitely did lead a lot with fear. But I also 
there has to be a balance of fear and motivation and inspiration. Like you can't always, there, ha, there has to be a little bit of fear. There has to be like, like if I do this wrong, there's going to be recourse for my actions. You can't just lead with fucking hugs and kisses all the time. There has to be, no. if I fuck up, there's going to be accountability for what I did wrong. So, and in, obviously in the military, like you can hold people accountable different. You know, you can be like, I'm punishing you pretty hardcore for this. So you don't do it again. It's not like in the civilian world where you can be like, well, here's a write up. Um, don't do that again. Uh, I really hope you don't. Um, blah, 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 blah. The military, it's like, Hey, I'm going to work you like a fucking dog. So you don't do this again. And you know, it's it's weird because like, yeah and and, I, and I, that's why i think I, I learned so much and was you know success successful in you know my time that i was in was because you taught me that was yeah. that you know how serious it was and some people uh you know that i saw as well throughout my career like didn't realize how serious it was until finally they realized how serious it is and, yeah. and as you know when that is it's too late yeah and this thing is I, mean? I always try to convey to people in the middle, it's life or death like you are trained to kill or you're trained to save like you can't just it's not just time to it's not time to fuck around like yeah we'll fuck around we'll have games we'll make shit happen but like when it's like comes down to it like weapons uh it's not a mcdonald's yeah exactly weapons <laughs> yeah. treating people you know taking care of people uh combat scenarios like we're not here to play we're here to get it done we're here to learn we're here to be effective you and didn't you, put you, too much mayonnaise on someone's fucking McChicken. You didn't put a tourniquet on right. And this person's losing losing too much it's fucking completely different. Blood. It's a completely different yeah, scenario. Like, yeah. it's fucked. It's not. That's what I always tell people at work. I'm like, hey, we're cooking burgers and fries, man. <laughs> it ain't a fucking big deal. We're cooking burgers and fries. That's like when I real when I when I put my notice in to my my job because uh, my last day at my job is on Sunday. I was like, yeah, man. Like I had to take a shit. Uh. Like a week ago, on um, I couldn't do that because there was no one there that knew how to work the line like I did, and I was like, so I had to stand there ready to shit my pants for like an hour. I was like, and guess what? I'm literally cooking food. It's not that serious. Yeah. Like this is ridiculous that I have to stand there and like hold my poop in. Like I'm not saving lives. I'm not getting shot at. I'm like cooking I'm cooking food. <laughs> I was like, and to me that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Like, so I'm good. <laughs> I'm straight up. Oh, I'm straight up. Okay. So, <laughs> um, Lou, we were talking about recently how uh, we know each other through the military, right? Yeah. So talking about uh, oh, I was recap. a musician. Yeah, season. Recap. And uh, this nice. is your podcast. What's up, dude? Man, we just so, have here just for the recaps. <laughs> I was I was actually curious. <laughs> how has your experience as a soldier impacted your music? Um. <clears throat> It's definitely been a big shift of uh, how to express my myself and my emotions. And I think that's a big reason why I kind of lean towards it more because sometimes uh, maybe you might relate. It, it, it's a little easier to express how you feel through, through music than it is through words. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, I don't really, ex- honestly, I mean, it's it's gotten easier for me over time to be able to talk about some of my experiences in the military. I mean, I guess when I say talk about certain experiences, more of the, you know, the the combat situations, but um just regular experiences in the military have always been pretty easy. It's just been easier for me. Well, I said easy a lot. Easy. Uh, easy, easy, easy. This is um, an easy conversation where um, easy Lauren's gonna go on an easy rant. It you know, for me it's um music's definitely always helped. Uh with listening, playing, whatever. 
Uh, but uh, that's a little sweet. Drinking uh, definitely makes it a lot easier. <laughs> so uh, that for some reason it's just yeah. Yeah, is that fireball uh bottle empty no there's some uh no. there's some there's okay. some there's some syrup in there still so that was a uh, was pretty full uh get some cheers cheers yeah fuck it let's go oh what are you drinking uh i don't want to say the brand or anything but it's a beer i mean say the brand Bro, just go fine. for it <laughs> <laughs> We uh, really, I mean, I don't know. you literally I don't know if you're getting in trouble or something. You're not going to get in trouble. It's Welcome fine. to Cover Fire Podcast, where we talk about shit, piss, cum, and farts, and also whatever the fuck Welcome we else to, want to. Welcome to to come on my farts. Fire <laughs> <podcast>. <laughs> Welcome to come on my farts podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ! We used to sit there in the field. I mean, <laughs> and, and come up with a. It's not gay if things for seriously probably oh so <laughs> hours. Like, and, is this uh, where Jamaican self suck came uh, from? But anyways, brought to you by Deep Ellum IPA. That's it's right. not gay if That's it's IPA. You know what I'm saying? So there's all my favorite one is cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite one that we ever came up with is not gay if it feels good. That's <laughs> still my favorite one. <laughs> You know, I, the one my favorite you came up with was it's not gay if your brothers. That was the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like the fact that you just made that face and the fact that you didn't remember the Jamaican self suck is like hilarious. There was like a there was a point in time where I was working with you and you just be like, bro. Here to Jamaican self suck videos, and it'd be like, what? <laughs> what? And like what? What? And you would literally come in. You would like you wouldn't come in like like oh hot to trot about Jamaican self suck videos, but like eventually you'd come up. Like you heard of Jamaican self suck videos, and it'd be like, wait, what? And you'd show me this video of this dude. He'd be like, I can suck my own cock, and he would literally just bend straight forward and suck his own dick, and he like, was straight <laughs> Jamaican. And I was what? like, it's like what the fuck? What? What? <laughs> I was like, oh my god. <laughs> what? But it was hilarious, and it's like I do remember. Yeah, that. oh yeah, you I remember that because like you showed me it, and then I went to the Red Dog, and then Adam was like, "Yeah, it said something about Jamaican self suck," and I was like, oh, "You did work with Lauren." <laughs> Immediately, I was like, "Oh, you do know about the Jamaican self suck." Why the fuck did I come across that? It's fucking funny. Like it was probably something like you probably made some, you probably made some self suck joke. All right, so Jamaican self suck. It's basically this video of this very tall feminine black guy with a jamaican accent that just says you want to see me suck my own dick and then he folds himself in half like i'm not talking like he doesn't get down and like into a position he's literally standing position and then folds himself in half and sucks his own dick and it is wild it is honestly a sight to see that's probably why you came like that's probably why you showed us because it's just like that's impressive yeah, but like how do i find that i don't know <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. It was probably around the time where I, I was, was like during your uh, phase. It was probably around the time, around the time where I was finding all those weird ass videos, like the uh, uh, the eating the cereal out of the asshole video and shit like that. Damn. Remember that with almond milk? Yeah, I still don't get it. I don't know. There was like this. There was there used to be this weird porn site where there was just all this like e fucked e fucked. That's what it was. I still go. So I was fucked. probably. I, I would. I can only imagine that I was scrolling through e fucked and came across that. Oh, it's probably definitely what yeah. it was. Jamaican self suck. That makes sense now. Yeah, I can only imagine that that's what it was. Um, because 
there would just be so much shit that you just scroll through Dude, and see all the like the most outrageous fucking like porn things. Ever. The trolling of wannabe porn stars is still to that this was, day one of the fucked, funniest yeah. things I've ever seen in my entire life. Where it'd be like these subpar porn stars would go in and try to like make their name. And, and they'd sign this contract for this guy to just literally make fun of them while they got hate fucked. And some of the things this guy would come up with to say to them is just like pure comedic gold. Like this guy should have been a stand up comedian instead of what he does. Cause he would have made more money than just making fun of girls getting plowed. Like, ah, oh, fuck. I can't even remember some of the things he said. This was, yeah. oh fuck. This had to be in, when did you move away from Milford? Uh, five years ago? Five years ago, something like that. So this had to be six years ago when these videos were like, me and you were watching these videos and laughing our asses off. <laughs> like, holy fuck. So there's that. Lots of porn. You were there, dog. <laughs> oh, man. So what? what drove you to serve, man? Like, why did you... Why did you join the military? What made you want to do that? Tell us or die. Because, was it the song? Hold uh, up. Was it was it the song? Was it the fucking song in the in the commercial? That's what got me. Was what was the song? I don't know. Some fucking the song they played. The, it it the wasn't even like it wasn't even like it was just this fucking instrumental with yeah. the guy talking in front of it. I remember exactly I what every uh, time you talk about it, I know exactly what it was. It's like that's a dope ass song. Yeah. Hold on for me to serve. Uh I would have to say the I didn't want to go to college, you know, so I wanted to do anything with that. <clears throat> uh, and I wanted to be a combat medic specifically though. Um, so the army was just kind of the, the way I went. So you were like, yo, I don't want to do big learning shit. Let's just save people's lives. Super vague. Yeah, I was like, that sounds really cool. I want to <laughs> do something rewarding. And, uh, and uh, you, you know how that turns out. So. <laughs> like, let's do something I definitely won't regret. Yeah, and that was which is, you know, just experiencing tons of trauma, you know, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Heard. No trauma. None whatsoever. It's totally normal. <laughs> just a regular guy doing regular guy things. <laughs> just a regular man living a regular life. So, do you sing in the shower, dude? Dude, I probably... You do. He no, literally no, sang... Actually, I, the beginning of this don't so yeah. i usually uh are you being i'm usually doctor? dancing in the shower more than singing don't lie to us you don't dance in the shower probably dude i dance so hard i do i sometimes i drop the soap on purpose just so i can drop it like it's hot dude. you know what i'm saying like <laughs> bullshit dude, send us a video i, I, I just throw stuff i just throw on stuff i normally don't listen to and i'm just like oh okay you <laughs> oh, know? i hope nobody else and, is in here yeah, when my dog's just over there in the corner, like, <laughs> you know, like watching. <laughs> laughing sorry, or dude, being afraid. I don't know what that sound was. Yeah. <laughs> what? I can't. I mean, I don't speak dog, but it's what she says, dude. Like, I don't, I can't differentiate scared between horny. 
Jesus Christ. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare, 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 nightmare. I didn't mean it like that, but holy <laughs> fuck. Nightmare, 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 nightmare. <laughs> no. Oh, God. So just going to swerve. No, fuck. So There's going to be a compilation video of just things I say out of context that I don't fucking mean. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell scared of cover songs is there any songs you that you are looking forward to covering or do you want to cover i want to start learning more um r&b neo soul uh you know jazz fusion songs that cause me to think music a little bit more differently than i do which i've been trying to do more so yeah like some jacob collier uh his songs are really complicated and uh you know, a little out there. So now I want to learn how to play that kind of music. So uh, kind of direction. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you not? I, I feel like uh, you have covered one of his songs before. I know I have written down here, you covered a Marvin Gaye song before. And there was a couple other artists I saw you cover. Uh, I didn't end up writing them all down. I remember I wrote down Marvin Gaye because I was like, I listened to it and I was immediately taken aback by it. I was like, holy shit, you did great. Like, and I, I think I remember, did you, uh, did you, or did you not, or have you, or have you not covered one of his songs before? Like just singing wise. No, I haven't. I really want to, uh, I mean, cause I even think his, his, his harmonies and his voice is incredible as well, but, uh, his musicianship is even better. So, but no, I haven't yet. Yeah. What are, uh, so on top of Marvin Gaye, what are some of the other like artists you have covered that like you really like loved doing? Because I mean, the Marvin Gaye cover was like, awesome in my opinion i really liked uh uh leon bridges is uh, i really like his music a lot i yeah. think he, he does a really good job of some like contemporary soul and uh I, I think he's great so probably him yeah and uh don't be shy boy i was about to say that's it um, I mean, it's not like I haven't enjoyed any of. Them, I mean, all right, I but, I saw uh, you I saw you post a video of uh Lake Street Dive, that was dope. Yeah, dude, their music is uh, I think they're so slept on, but yeah, all the time are, I'm trying to are. tell people about Definitely. them because uh, they're they're just incredible in in every in every way. All their songs, I think they're 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 really good. So. Yeah, I actually like ended up like while I was doing uh like while I was stalking you, I ended up like I think it was one of the first things I came on was your uh like you playing one of their songs or something, and it was I immediately was like okay let's like look this up, and then I ended up listening to it the entirety of the time that I'm like looking through your Facebook page and your Instagram like I sent you that song, yeah. I texted you. So that okay, song. yeah, that's why I, that's why I immediately was like, "Oh wow, this sounds familiar." Like, <laughs> yeah, they're they're an incredible band. Man, that's, they're awesome. Yeah, I, especially their bass player. Their bass player is very. I mean, their singer is very. Everyone in the band is talented, but their yeah. bass player specifically is, you know, kind of what I've been paying attention more to lately in music. And she plays a uh, traditional uh, bass, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she'll play. She plays a double bass. Uh, I don't know if all the time, but it it sounds like most of the time she is. And the 
she's just does some really cool stuff. One of those songs, the bass actually harmonizes with uh, the vocals and it's like, whoa, that's cool. You know, it's, it's yeah. just the things you wouldn't expect. I think she's awesome. So I really appreciate that band. Mm-hmm. And that's like kind of touching on that is kind of uh, something that since I first started getting into, like, I can't really say since I first got into music. Cause it's like, you know, from the time you're, from the time you're born, you're listening to music. And it was from the time I like actually like started to develop my own conscious thoughts about music. I remember thinking like there's certain times where I was like, man, if the bass was like pulled forward or like harmonized with this, it would be really, really cool. And like, you know, I really, uh, I feel like I would enjoy it more. And then like, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the band, the Omnific, but mm-hmm. they're this, they're this, uh, have you heard of Polyphia before? Yeah. They're, it's basically Polyphia, but as opposed to like the guitar being so forward and using that as like kind of the. Well, that's, they just record with basses. They yeah. They don't have, there's just two bass guitars and a drummer. That's no, it. yeah. That's what I was saying. It's basically Polyphia, but with basses instead of yeah. the guitars. And they have this wow. like, yeah, it's like instead of having like a voice that kind of like have this focus and this like kind of harmony coming through, it's one of the basses and it's absolutely amazing. And I kind of like forgot about them for a while. And within this last week, I've been listening to them a lot more. And I just like, it's like, dude, this is definitely like something I've always, since I was a kid, remember being like, this is kind of what I want music is like the bass to be. But uh, so yeah, you're all across the board in like uh, the instruments you are good at and what you play. And it's out of all of them, like, which one do you think would be the like, would you say was the hardest for you to pick up and like learn like for you to like pick up and be like, okay, I can do this. Like the longest period of time and the biggest learning curve you've encountered. I think the most effort I put into is actually the guitar. Um, because I, that's kind of what I started studying with about two years ago. And, uh, since I never, I've always kind of tried to play by ear and everything I knew was just by like ear. What my friends taught me that, learning how to kind of like reverse engineer everything um, at that same point was really, really hard. But once I kind of got the idea of how to play that um, and a tiny idea of how music theory works, uh, it kind of translates over into other instruments as well. So it made the, the idea of, you know, comparing and finding the the similarities between the two and just applying that when trying to learn that instrument makes, makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, that like a hundred percent makes sense. Cause it's like, so I went, I, uh, I del- like, I was in percussion. I learned percussion for a while. And, um, one of the things that they were like, Hey, you have to learn this is piano. And it's because when you're, when you're playing the drums, you're basically just going, okay, I hit this head, hit this head, hit this head at this timing. But all of music is more, is just more than that. And you have to be able to communicate as a whole towards the other people you're playing with to where it's like, I heard this note. And I think like when this note hits, I need to be able to do this. And like that, you need to be able to basically talk in the secondary language that is music. And it was like, I remember when I was learning piano, I was like, why the fuck do I need to learn this to be able to hit drum heads? And like later on in life, when I started getting into bands, it's like, okay, now I like from learning that I'm like, oh, 
So when we come into this and you're playing like you're playing these chords, I feel like I should go into this progression that leads us into this. And it just becomes it becomes easier once you learn that. So I kind of see like where learning basically taking an instrument where you learn like the notes is going to be super fucking hard. And then that kind of makes it easier for you to spread out between there. Yeah, it's like looking at something from a bunch of different perspectives, you know, being exactly. able to understand uh, a different way kind of helps you understand more of how it works a little bit better, you know, so. Hell yeah. That um, was like me, I learned guitar first. Yeah. And kind of just opened the door to be able to, well, I mean, technically I learned the euphonium first. Um, and then, <laughs> yeah. oh. and then, um like learning how to read music through all that and then picking up the guitar and it just, you know, having the ability to, to, to listen and, or to read and to do all that with music made it easier to pick other things up. Ultimately I moved on from playing instruments cause I get bored easily and to have the, uh, I just, uh, attention span of a, uh, two-month-old baby so i just looked up euphonium because i was like yeah i was like how fucking hilarious would it be to just buy a euphonium and just give it to you yeah i just found a straight barney purple euphonium do it for 494 dollars. do it let's buy it dude what if what if you got it for him and he was just you know like knocked your socks off like like a sleeper musician (laughs) like it's been for fucking ever let me see let me see see jazz clubs across the state yeah dude get that shit 400 bucks that's not bad for 494 that's as much as my scooter was that's not bad yeah i mean no it's like a fucking instrument yeah but a barney purple one yeah, for real. Hey, you just got the little, little, little three boys. So. Okay. So, uh, was it, was it Lauren? Yeah, no, it was like this. It was like this. You hold it like yeah. that. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. kind of steal your thunder here, real quick. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I steal my thunder. I just, I just know how it goes. So, just want to preface this by there is one right answer. Oh, yeah. He's taking my question. There is one, one right question. answer. This is Lauren's question. But we've been this far and he hasn't asked it. So, I was like, I need to get this out of the way. What is the most hype song you've ever heard? And by that, I mean a song that you hear and within the first 30 seconds, you're like, like, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. Like the nearest person to you, you're ready to take them by the shirt, by the shoulders and slam their head into pulse. Destroy the entire room. Like yeah. stomp their like head to frost. Like angry? No, it's not or a song angry. Hypes you up hype. and ready to just fuck like, shit. You like up. the song that like if you're gonna headbutt somebody, it's the song that goes through your head like, when you're, you're about to headbutt. You're somebody. at a show and you don't go in mosh pits, but you hear this song and you're going right in the fucking yeah. pit no matter what. You headbutt the 13 year old kid yeah. next to you and you just exactly. go in and crowd kill. Like, what is that song? Oh man! Doesn't have to be uh, metal. I mean, any song, literally I mean, any song. I have a lot of songs that make me just want to like it's, break out and dance and start the day. It's, it's, you know, nah, hype. nah, man, hype! Like this shit is literally jacks your fucking. It. Okay, imagine like the adrenaline rush of getting shot at. This song gives you that. Oh, uh, okay. Um, you literally just want to go fuck shit up. Yeah. 
Sorry, Wait, yeah. Did that continue. fall? <laughs> no, there's oh. there's more. But holy fuck, yeah. Continue, Probably. Uh, what's that song? It's what? It's, it's Alexis on fire. Alex is on fire. What's that Alexis, name? Alexis is on fire. Or Alexis the, on fire. Yeah. Ting, ting, cat, ting, cat, this could be ting, anywhere in the ting, world. Ting, yeah, the, that beginning drum beat yeah. is just yeah, like yeah. just gets me so hyped up. Ting, ting, ting. Yeah, that's the song. That's your that's your answer. Probably, yeah. I do remember you like that song. I do remember you like Alexa on Fire. You do uh you would uh play um Less on Fire and uh City in Color for me uh, frequently. Yeah, yeah. I really I I dig them a it's lot. Delicious. Yeah. So um, uh kind of kinda touching on just like a little tangent. I remember when I was uh, I was like maybe sixteen or seventeen oh. at the time, there used to be this guy that I would go outside, like I would go outside and help my dad. Hold on. I would go outside and help my dad like uh, do yard work or like when he couldn't, I would just do the yard work for him and everything. And I remember every time I'd be out, it would be like 1130 in the morning. Every fucking day, this guy would be blaring city in color and flooring it past my house at like 55 miles an hour. And every day I'd hear the same fucking shit. Just go like bye every fucking day. And I was like, what is this? What is this? Like I, I was like, what the fuck is playing every single time this guy would turn by? What's what's his name? Dallas Dallas Green? I don't fucking know. What's his name Dal- yeah, no. I think, yeah, Dallas I Green. Think that's his name. The it turns out yeah. that motherfucker is Brandon Pareto. Oh, that's yeah, that motherfucker. He ended up being one of my friends later on in life, where I like met him and I like saw him and I was like, oh, you're the motherfucker that would blare this by my house every day when you were going to work, apparently. And so, like, I just thought that was, like, you bringing that up just made me think of that. Like, being in the fucking, like, being in the middle of my pasture, repairing a fence, and just hearing a second of the song as he's flying by my fucking house. So, what's what's the answer uh, for the most hype song in all of music, though? Me or him? Yeah, he already gave his. Oh, man. He said, well, this could be anywhere in the oh, world by Oh, Alexa the Empire. only correct answer in Lou's opinion. In my, it's not even my opinion. It's, 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 it's right. just factual, it's factual history. It's factual. People equal shit. By Slipknot. Let me say, the first two minutes of that song are the most hype two minutes of any song I mean, that's my, ever those are my history. words. I don't no, know. Those it, literally are. Yeah. Have you, you heard this song? I'm not sure I have. Oh, uh, When you get done. This episode's canceled. Get yeah, the fuck out of yeah. here. When you get done with this, I'm going to message you. Go listen to People Equal Shit by Slipknot. Actually, no, no, no. Don't do it tonight because then you're going to stay up till five in the morning trying to hunt people down. Yeah, it's literally the first two minutes of that song. Um, I don't like I can't I can't understand that there being anything more to hype somebody up. I remember somebody asking this question on Facebook and I answered it. And everyone was like, like everyone had their answers, and then everyone's like, "Wait, nope, this guy, this guy's right, this guy's right. He's got the like, we know that's him, it's him." Yeah, like I don't, I don't. To me, there's nothing, but I like hearing other people's answers, like seeing where they're at, because as much as I say there's only one right answer, everybody has their own opinion of what is going to hype them up, and it's always dope to hear what that is. Yeah, I usually don't listen. I mean, that kind of music that makes me want to like, you know, freaking murder people well i mean that like like we're not saying like murder not really i mean people go shit doesn't make me want to murder somebody just like i'm like ooh, i'm so amped right now ready to go it's like it's like it's like i just fucking did like a fucking grant uh i just took a gram of cocaine to the dome basically oh yeah yeah but but to me that's like but that's like funk music you know real fast funk music you know it's like uh so like that would like hype me up real bad like oh let's 
Yeah, yeah. Just like, I mean, there's plenty of music that's not metal that's going to hype me up. There's, like, so much. But, like, when that song comes on, it's it. Like, I don't oh, care yeah. what I'm... Oh, I get that. But, like, I'm, metal when music when I'm, hits so much better when it when it's yeah. something when heavy, I'm, mean, and angry. Like, you know when that I mean? shit comes on, I'm like, that's it. It's over. I'm doing this. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking losing my shit. It's, it, it is... When dude, Slipknot's the shit, dude. I think they're awesome. Just, I just don't think I've heard that song. We're gonna, you're going to listen to it. It's okay. We're going to so, get you there. So, every episode, I give a different answer. For you? Yeah. No, I don't every, know. Every episode, I give a different answer. This episode, I'm gonna say I want to be a hippie by Technohead. Like for some reason, how can it be different every time? Well, because it's just like I don't know. Every every t- it literally depends on my mood. Like depends on how I'm feeling. Actually, hold on, I retract my answer, dude. Mm-hmm. I think "Bring the Ruckus" by the Wu Tang, dude. That probably fuck. It's a great. I think answer. I, I did I say that one episode? I don't think I, I said that episode, know. but still, yeah, that's fucking fantastic. That just you know makes me just gets that gets me super, super. Um. So we got that, but like, is there any new music that you're excited to hear? Um, I'm excited to hear a lot of uh, world music, kind of you know stuff that I wouldn't be used to listen to. Hopefully, that I'll experience experience through school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I, I stuff that I'd be exposed to that I normally wouldn't listen to and. I can hopefully learn from and, and apply to what I like to do, you know. I don't know if that exactly what that is yet, but uh, I <laughs> hope, uh, you know. Yeah. Something, you know, it'll come. It's just eventually. like, so I was actually last night. So first off, I want to preface this by saying I, if this podcast has actually made me like, you know, when you like are listening to, like a radio, like not a radio station, but you're listening to like us, like you just hit a fucking song and it just creates a playlist for this song or this artist. And you're going on, and you find that one song. You're like, yeah, hey, I'm not feeling it right now. And you next, you hit next. This, like having this podcast has actually made me not do that. And it's made me overthink other songs because of this, where it's like, uh, I think last night I was listening to, yeah, last night I was listening to Within the Destruction's new album, Yokai, which I actually don't mind it. It's not their usual shit. If you go into it thinking like this is within the destruction, I didn't like it. But if you go into it, like I've listened to it four or five times through and through now. And I'm like, okay, I actually enjoy this album like as a whole. But like there was a couple, a couple songs that came on after it that I was like, ah, fuck this. And I like went to go pull out my phone and change it. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to force myself to listen to this and respect it as the fact that somebody put a lot of time into this song and like it's coming up naturally on a playlist for me. So I'm going to take that time and I'm going to respect it. And I've noticed there's so many songs that I wouldn't like necessarily like uh, because I'm doing this, there's not a lot of songs that I would necessarily, it wouldn't stick out to me. Like I was watching last night when I was going to bed, I put on survivor man to go to bed and I was listening to the music at the beginning of survivor man. And like during the, like, commercial breaks because it was like on youtube so he has this like little like this little like five second musical thing before it goes on to the next one when it's not like just these weird tribal breathing noises and i I was like what kind of music would i kind of classify this as and i was like i guess world music because it's not it doesn't really sit in this genre he has these different kind of he pulls these different parts from each like 
like each little place across the world to make it into this like song that he has for the show. And it, last night I was actually thinking like, yo, I fuck with world music hard. Like there's some of it you listen to and you're like, yo, I could, I could, this is pretty hype. I could get down with this. And then uh, last night I actually, that's, it's funny that you're talking about it. Cause it made me realize like, like, I was like, man, I need to get more into this type of music, which I normally would not have just delved into head over heels. Like now I'm going to. Yeah. Listening to like music and, and instead of trying to impose your own expectations on whatever song you're listening to and just trying to accept whatever type of expression the artist was trying to relay uh, is something I'm trying to learn as well. You know, trying to appreciate more levels of music. And, yeah. Uh, that type of thing. So. And that's like, well, like, coming from my perspective especially i've i've come from a place where i was like i was like i found metal i can you i think i like I, I listened to this like like fucking super super upbeat southern ignorant rap <laughs> like it was just like you know wet pussy and i'm gonna fuck that wet pussy and throw some money on it and then forget about this bitch like that's what i would listen to and then, like, I found metal, and I was like, yo, this shit fucking slaps. And then I got really hard into it, and I was like, if there's not growling in it, I don't care about it. It sucks. And then I went from being such a close-minded musical person to, like, slowly getting more and more and more into this, like, realizing, like, once I became more of a musician, I realized, like, there's a lot of effort that goes into every song you listen to. Unless it's pop country, fuck pop country. It's just shit out in 24 hours. Eat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, there's Bird. like, there's always, there's so many. I guess we'll never have a pop country musician on here. So. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> you know, no, no, we'll bring him on. And then halfway through, I'll just be like, why do you suck ass and don't that's, write your own that's, lyrics? That's the episode we tank. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nightmare, 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 nightmare. You start yelling at him. <laughs> Put LSD in his beverage and just fucking let it go. But, uh. Oh. No, that. it's been like, uh, like, like from me being such a closed minded musical person, like beginning to open my eyes to each genre and realizing how much goes into it and how much respect and like finding like, that's the hardest part about getting into a new genre, especially when you're like predisposed to being like, I don't like this genre. And it's like finding that one pinpoint that you like and then kind of planting that seed there and letting the plant or tree grow to where you're just like, okay, you kind of like latch onto this one point and you're like, I can get down with this part. And then like you kind of water that part until you like grow into this next part. And you're like, okay, so this part works really well with this. And then so on and so forth until you're looking at this song that, you know, a week ago you would have fucking hated and not given a time of day. And then like you've given it a week, you've listened to it. And now it's like, wow, this is a really good song. I appreciate it front to back. And that's like, I think is a very hard thing for a lot of people because they just look at it and their immediate reaction is just like, fuck this. But it's no, all music can be respected in its own aspect. And that's what like, I think world music kind of uh, encapsulates is like, there are so many different things coming into it 
that like you can find kind of like you I, can find kind of your comfort zone in each little bit that comes in to where you can grow a seed. I always thought that world music was more of a uh, a cultural defining uh, genre, more of this specific genre or this specific type of music is what defines that cultural region or what has been um, that music that has existed within that yeah. area or that culture since it's been around and that's just kind of how i've always thought of world music mm-hmm. um but i mean i don't know i'm not like a see that's where like we don't music man, we don't fuck so. with we don't fuck with genres because it's like genres well, we do fuck be... with genres we just don't fuck with genres on the show yeah so. just, like, well, it's <laughs> yeah, just because yeah. you know we're not we're not about that's one thing that i i've definitely been known to like get super into the whole genre subgenre bullshit arguing with people about mm-hmm. things like that but at the end of the day it's like they're really, I put too much energy into that sometimes. And the reason oh, we don't do it on the Me and you both do it a lot. The reason we don't do it on the show is because it's not necessary. And it's no. just something that we just don't care to like fight over. It's, it's just not, not something not that's like actually worth spending time on when no. you can just appreciate music as a whole. Yeah. So, Bobby, how about you go fuck yourself? Uh, we don't even need you to talk anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Welcome to Cover Fire Podcast. <laughs> I'm Bobby's Nick. gone. That's Lou. Fuck this guy. Uh, We're going to talk about ourselves now. I do have. <laughs> I, so one of the things I like to I like to ask everybody is about performance anxiety. Oh, um, right. so everyone, I think like I like to think everyone struggles with some form of anxiety, whether it's I don't know. I had a fucking dope ass anxiety attack yesterday for whatever reason, just out of nowhere. My butthole so like. Cool tightens up it gets all warm and gets all sweaty Uh, yeah i start like breathing really heavy um i've never i i wouldn't say i've ever necessarily suffered with like performance or like speaking or public speaking anxiety it's something i'm i've always been okay with um i do get freaked the fuck out every time before we record an episode i didn't so much today Mm -hmm. but i usually do well because today was more of like a fucking frustrating yeah than anxious for you is it something that you've ever dealt with and how do you cope with that when you have it? Yeah. Um, I think it's something that I'll probably always have a little bit of, uh, some heebie jeebies about before I perform. Um, Hey, that's our word. Uh, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, there's a, there's a sense of wanting to be, you know, as a musician, uh, you want to be the best you can be and uh, not mess up. So whatever, at least for me so far, I probably haven't played enough um, to where it, it just feels really natural. I mean, sometimes there's been times I haven't felt nervous, but um, you know, I think when you kind of like set expectations for yourself is where it kind of makes you a little bit more nervous. So I'm trying to learn how to uh, be Kinda. more about the music and the expression than so much the, the the perfectionist aspect of it. So, I mean, but I think always, no matter what, there'll be some sense of being nervous about playing. And uh, I mean, in the past, there's been shows where I drank way too much before I played and embarrassed myself. <laughs> but, uh, but I've kind of learned how to, over time, to drink less and less and less and burst myself less and less and less each time I have a show to work now. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, really uh, trying to yeah, and that's relay how I feel with everybody else instead of worry about what they think. Yeah. You know? Just know, knowing you, 
you've always, when you get put on the spot, <laughs> you just kind of like, like kind of, yeah. And maybe it was when you were, you were younger, you would always get like a little, like, I wouldn't say flustered, but just kind of like, oh, just kind of like back up and like freak out a little you bit. You over process what you're about to say. Yeah. But like, it was something you would always initially be like, oh man, like how, and then you would recover from that and do fine. Um, Literally what, what you were just from, saying, yeah. sorry to cut you off. Is this like, it sounds like all the hurdles you just talked about were ones you literally walked out there. Like I'm gonna put this hurdle and this hurdle. It sounds like everything you just talked about was like things you set up yourself predis like predisposed to it. Like, and it's like, uh, I don't know. I think some people just do that where you're just like, uh, fuck this. I'm going to do really bad. It's but it's like really performance anxiety is so weird. Like not saying I, you do bad, by the way, <laughs> I struggle. I struggle with just like generalized anxiety, but like getting in front of people and like talking to them or doing, yeah. I've like never had a problem doing that. It's so Ooh. fucking weird. Like I can just get up. I mean, granted you know like i haven't been in front of like a like a hundred thousand people i, I probably would <laughs> yeah. chat my asshole but like i i <laughs> i you know that's things like i've always been i've always had this ability like it's almost calming to me to be able to get up there and just say my my piece like i've i've always been so <laughs> i've always been so opinionated the more the yeah. more you're talking about yeah. the more you're making yourself it's sound like a narcissist like yeah. I, well i mean like let's be realistic i've always been so opinionated and like having as the long as the situation is about me i'm happy it kind of, but it, you know what like who doesn't in a way no who, everybody who loves talking in a about way themselves. and not necessarily talking about yourselves but like one of the things with me is like i will fucking i uh, I will if like debate. I used to do debates, and I, I fucking hate debates. I like fucking like. I'm not gonna sit here and say that I'm the best at it, but if I've done my research and I know what I'm talking about, I'm gonna fucking wreck you. I'm uh, gonna like if you come unprepared to a debate. Like I research every topic, and so like I've always been super comfortable. Like when I know that I can like if I sense a moment of weakness in you, it's over. Like but. We're moving away from the initial thing, like <laughs> performance anxiety. Um, what I was trying to say, with, wow. Hi, I'm Lauren. I want to talk about myself. Like, Hi, I'm Lauren. <laughs> I'm Lauren. I want to wait for your weakness and then yeah. strike. Yeah. Hello, Bobby. <laughs> Tell me uh, a little bit more about yourself. I think I think it kind of is like you get really super nervous all the way up until, uh, at least for me, uh, right after the first notes played. It's like, <gasps> and then finally say, okay. Uh, it's not as bad as I thought. Yeah. I lived. Wait, I wasn't gonna. I didn't die after that, that first, you know, uh, expression. And uh, okay, cool. Now I can relax and do my thing. Somebody you know? compared to it. Some, uh, I think it was uh, Will from Dead Poets compared it to being on a roller coaster where you're like freaked out the entire time you get on the ride, or like when you're in line and then, and then, you, then you, go... you sit down, and then next thing you know, it's over, and you're like, oh, all right, I just did that. And that's yeah, like, that's actually, that was like a super great comparison, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way I could think about it. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So, um, how many hot dogs can you fit in your mouth? You took it. You did it. <laughs> uh, at least seven, dude. There he is. He got flushed. He was like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Seven. Seven. You think so? What a mediocre answer. At once? I mean, I, yeah. I no mean, bun, nothing. Just, just raw dog in it. 
Dude, yeah, I'd like to think seven. Probably. He's got a big mouth, too. Like, I think he could probably fit more than he Bro, thinks. Bro, come on. Yeah. Think about it. Open your mouth. More than seven, Open your Open mouth your and mouth. just think about it. Be like, ah. No, no, Doug, give it full. Don't be a bitch. Open your mouth up as far. Ah. Yeah. Oh, uh, dude. All right. I've heard your vocal range. I know your mouth can open wider than that. <laughs> That's it. Dude. I, probably seven, dude. Probably I've also spent seven, a lot of nights with no him. Way. His mouth can't open wider than that. <laughs> <laughs> he might not know, but his mouth opens wider than that. <laughs> it might have been the massive amount of drugs I put in his drinks, yeah. but you know. Uh, yeah, mine. He always was like, hey, drink this real quick. And I'm like, why? Oh. He's like, it's good for you. And there he's was like, are you want to stand in a corner? Or do you want to drink this? You're like, well, I'll stand in the corner. There and drink was it. one night that we were hanging out, yeah. and I don't remember if it was the same night we talked about earlier, but I was flipping knives because I used to do that. Um, and I remember that's one of the first things you said when you got out of the army. You're like, I got really good with knives. And I'm I really like, good. Dope. Dude. I'm like really, really good with knives. I remember, Pro- I think yeah, we were yeah. like, uh, one of the first times we got drunk when like after we reconnected, you were like, yo, I got really good with knives. And you were just like fucking around with knives. I was like, yo, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I ended up being like really fucked up. I think we took mushrooms or I don't know. It might've been the same night, but like we took mushrooms and I cut my finger and I remember bandaging it up and like looking at it. I was like, oh, I still have the scar. Like you can like. Dude, it was that night. It was. <laughs> and I remember I got to drill and I was like, my fingers fucked up. And they're like, how'd that happen? I was like, I don't know. I dropped something on it. <laughs> and it was clear. It was like, it had been like 18 hours. And it's like, there's just fat just shooting out of my finger. And I was like, I, I didn't want to pay for it. So I was like. The army did this. I was like, <laughs> and I went to the hospital and they're like, they're like, yo, like this just happened. I was like, yup. Yep. Just happened. Just a second they're ago. Like, they're like, it doesn't look like it just happened. I was like, totally did. No, trust me, I'm a medic. I know. They're like, it just happened. They're like, we gotta sew this up. Should go like, back to school, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, go back to school. I've yeah. been in this scenario. Yeah. I know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> that was I actually imagine yeah, I you bullshitting another. I think I think I have doctor. a picture from that night. I put a fucking NPA up my nose and I was just walking around the fucking house with the NPA in my nose. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, that's fucking amazing, dude. I used, we used to do some dumb shit. Remember when you guys used to cover up for me when I was sleeping in the cage, the supply cage? All the time, I used dude. to fucking go. Used to I used to go like, cause when I when I was in the National Guard, I would like, like work at a bar till like four in the morning sometimes, and then I'd have to go to drill at like seven in the morning. Yeah. So I would fucking go to drill, and then I'd be like, have my have them all like, I'd go hot sleep behind the shelves like underneath the shelves and like just take a nap and they'd all cover for me. And one time the first sergeant walked in and caught me sleeping in the supply oh, cage. No, <laughs> <laughs> He was dope. What was his name? He was dope as fuck though. First sergeant. I'm going to say it. Fuck it. First sergeant fall. That dude was dope as fuck. I remember I showed dude, up, I showed up, I showed up late to drill. Like I was two hours late and I get to his office. I'm standing at parade rest. You have to stand. So you have to stand in a certain position mm-hmm. to talk to, uh, higher ranking people and i was standing he's like why are you doing that i was like okay <laughs> okay and he's like he's like he's like so you were late i was like yeah he goes don't do it again i was like her roger <laughs> i didn't say her roger and i was like yes i won't be good and he's like kind of like pretended to yell at me and he's then like, I, oh, he right. like literally pretended to yell at me <laughs> he like loved me i don't know he's like he's like i'm just gonna pretend to yell at you like, uh, like first sergeant wants to see you and i was like okay when i was on active duty when first sergeant wanted to see you that was a whole that was the whole thing. I remember one time when I was a station in Germany, um, I woke up. So I my door lock didn't work. And I woke up to somebody opening my bedroom door. 
And I whipped a fucking K-bar out from underneath my fucking pillow and jumped up. <laughs> and the guy just shut the door and walked away. <laughs> and the next day, all the NCOs get an email about from the first sergeant about unsecured barracks rooms. And it has the, has the number and the name of each soldier. And mine, mine wasn't on it. So he went through the barracks to find unsecured rooms. Yeah. And he said that each person had to show up in full battle rattle, full gear, all your gear on to at the first sergeant's office. And I wasn't on it. So he was I, like, oh, it's he, because you got up with a cable. Hold up. <laughs> the next day I was sent to first. Sergeant. He asked me to come to his office and he goes, Hey, so, um, just going to say that, uh, your room wasn't secured, but because you whipped out a knife, it was secured. He goes, you should probably not sleep with knives underneath your pillows anymore and make sure your door's locked. <laughs> and I was like, well, how's your that? <laughs> That's fucking great. You know? I literally, I whipped right off. No! <laughs> so All right. To contrast, yeah. I'll, I'll think, yeah, I don't know. So gonna, can I gotta go into the guilty pleasure of Lauren and how he likes to sleep with Knives under his pillows. What's your do. guilty do. pleasure music? Like, what is it? The best way we heard it uh, stated was something that you listen to at a low volume with your windows up because you don't want anybody else to hear it. Dude, some... Like you have to be very ashamed of this. Like yeah, you're just like I don't even. Want I'm to wearing say the it. shirt actually. I didn't even realize it. Meg, dude, Megan Trainer's first album there title. You go. That's a great one. <laughs> dude, I didn't uh, even know he's literally wearing the shirt. I, he fucking <laughs> is wearing it. I read it earlier and didn't even think anything of it. <laughs> I didn't even realize that, dude. Yeah, dude, I love that album, man. <laughs> like when it comes on at work and people are like looking at you, you're like, oh, it's my girlfriend's. You like, oh, that's it. weird. Uh, it was like a guy in the army dude, yeah, wanted dude. it. Actually, I, I usually own it. Ah, let me think something more embarrassing. Let's, so, so probably like uh, that Megan Train is embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> uh, do Colby Calais album uh, Coco? I know that whole both those albums by heart. So probably <laughs> the Colby Clay one a little bit more. That's something that if you're if like you're it, you would sing that if you were by yourself but if if it came on when you're like with other people you'd be like oh, weird that was you know we had a playlist in the army and it just like everybody listened to different things you pretend not to know it and just kind of sing it under your breath oh that's my gregorian chant music i probably <laughs> switched that like, that's, that's my grandma's dude <laughs> yeah that's fucking weird i don't do any rituals were you around, were you around when i gave uh so i don't know why i'm thinking of this because there was like maybe guilty pleasure shit but <laughs> It wasn't really a pleasure to do this. Like, oh. Were you around for um uh, when I gave one of the guys a lap dance at a bar? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I was. He just uh, he choked I so it. hard. I just hit my vape. <laughs> I, it was it was it was. So we had oh, we shit. had one of these medics that served with us, and he was supposedly the weirdest one. I got to tell a story and after I, this. I, remind I had me. I had to out weird him, so I gave him a lap dance. Yes, and his face. Wait, no, 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 I, no, no, no! I wasn't there. For, this was the dude before I got there. Yeah, yeah. He was like oh, supposedly the weirdest fuck. one. I was like, I can't not be the weirdest one here. Dude. So I'm gonna go. He ahead. more than one lap dance, just to point out. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've back in the day, I was known for doing that. So, so, <laughs> so there was. There's two stories that transpired from this. One that leads into the other. 
So Lauren used to work at this bar before I before I started working there. He knows he's been there. Yeah, the Red Dog. He's been there. Lauren used to work at the yeah. Red Dog uh, before I ended up working there. <laughs> and I used to go there and play darts with him at the end of the night. And like me and him used to go there, shoot the shit and play darts and like just drink, get drunk as fuck and just, you know, be dumbasses. And there used to be a thing where it'd be a packed fucking bar and I'd be talking to somebody and Lauren would like, it started out with him being like, Hey, it's your turn. Yo, it's your turn. And I would just be talking to somebody else. So he ended up coming up to me and getting on one knee and going as loud as he could throughout the entire bar. And me, knowing him for so long, didn't think anything of it. Went, oh, thank you. And I would grab them, like, in a nightly manner, pick them out of his hands, and immediately go throw darts. Like, act like nothing was weird at all. And so this, like, happened for a long time until my friend Tommy ended up coming, <laughs> ended up, coming up there with me. And me and Tommy played pool until Lauren got off. And then we all started playing darts. And Tommy had no fucking idea that this was, like, our ritual, where every time Lauren would hand me darts, he'd, go, he'd get on one knee and go, as loud as he fucking could until I'm talking to Tommy and Lauren comes up and does that and I just grab the darts out of his hands and throw and Tommy goes what the fuck was that and I just ignore Tommy at all altogether and this continued for about 45 minutes before Tommy threw a fit going all right what the fuck is going on what is happening this is weird as shit nobody else is saying anything about it and like literally because everybody else in the bar all the regulars knew what was happening but so this would happen for so long that now it's become like a it's become like a regular part of my life where if somebody's not paying attention to me and I have to hand them something, I get on one knee and I go, <laughs> and I did that one time at my work and they Here? fucking, yeah. Oh, and really? they latched onto it. So now anytime somebody oh, else man. isn't paying attention when it's slow, they'll walk across the line really slowly going, excuse me, my liege, excuse me, my liege, because it's gender neutral. <laughs> it's gen I started saying it and they're like, well, it's, well, it's gender neutral. So it's very, it's very uh. like, it's very ahead of its time, so we're all gonna say it because you fucking say it, so it's stuck in my dumb <laughs> autism brain. Then I go, I literally, I go, I'm a fucking <laughs> parrot, which I hear something, I go, that's <laughs> funny, and I just repeat it. And so I say my liege. Everybody's like, oh yeah. So I just say that all the time, and then I did the whole thing one time, and now every time there's a fried chicken that comes from fry, goes to pantry on the other side of the line, the one guy will walk. Like mid rush while somebody else is on fry and just walk and just sit in the middle of the fucking line and go, oh, if nobody's paying attention. And it's that is probably my favorite fucking thing that happens at work right now. That is because of me and Lauren being coked up idiots back in the day. <laughs> like, Jesus. This all transpired from us being fucking stupid. It's great. It's great to hear idiot. that I'm still making an impact on oh, the yeah. company. Oh yeah. <laughs> they don't even know. They don't even know. <laughs> oh man. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh yeah. That's something Eric goes. What's going on? And I'm like, what do you mean? Does he know why? No. Oh, yeah. I don't tell anybody what happens. They just go, "Why is this happening?" I go, "What are you talking about?" I act dumb for everything. Like, what do you mean? I was like, "I don't. I don't understand what you're talking about, sir." <laughs> So, so uh what's your favorite curse word bobby piece of shit probably asked that that was such shit hey what's what's your favorite curse what's your favorite word? curse word you piece of shit there you go <laughs> fine <laughs> assholes probably my fucker my 
Get fucked. Hold up, though. But he does say that. Motherfucker. Motherfucker. I like moth. I like moth. Motherfucker. From Charlie Park Boys. Oh. That's literally one of my fucking notes is likes Trailer Park Boys. Dude, <laughs> I saw like three or four fucking, uh, oh, fuck. What's his name? The Nam Sand J-Rock. guy. J-Rock. I saw four or five J-Rock memes in a row, and I was like, all right. He likes Trailer Park Boys. Then yeah, I saw you repost something from quote, Trailer Park Boys. He that like, shit all, all right. the time, man. Dude, the fucking episode where J-Rock, where, when Ricky's in jail, and J-Rock takes his uh, studio equipment or something. And he like programs the keyboard to say Nam San. <laughs> and yeah. the fucking fight between them when they're like grabbing the keyboard. It's like Nam San, Nam San. <laughs> no, it's J-Rock, baby. That's what it's saying. J-Rock, baby. It's like J-Rock, baby. J-Rock, baby. Just back and forth the entire time for like a solid five minutes while they're yelling at each other. J-Rock, baby. Dude, that show is like... <laughs> It's Dude, that show is for whatever reason. I mean, it's really it's super funny. I it's, just, it's amazing, really yeah. Crazy. When they pave a whole driveway in hash. Oh, oh I forgot about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just Julian and Ricky standing outside guarding a driveway that's just hash. <laughs> it's just like every character, you know, they have birds are pooping on it and stuff. Yeah. And so, like, you know, Dude, they, they did a really good job of. I mean, I'm not from Canada. I don't even think of it as Canada. It just seems like America trailer. Yeah, America exactly. trailer park, <laughs> so it's just it's funny and for whatever reason really relatable. Probably because we're all from or live in Michigan or something. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> so, dream lineup to play for. Who is it? Or with? Ooh, they're still alive. Is it still alive? What? What? It's alive. Are, are they still alive? No, oh, no, 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 no. You can do whoever you want, man. Doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, I'd really like to have the chance to play with. Once I had the chops, you know, like Prince James Brown. I'd really like to play with. Uh, Kirby Hancock. That'd be dope. Uh, like D'Angelo. Damn, it's Herbie Hancock. It's Herbie. Herbie. (laughs) 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 That's a pretty fucking stellar lineup, though. Like, so who would be who would be opening that? What's that? Who would be the opener? Would it be you? Oh, jeez. Oh, I thought you meant play with. No, oh, yeah, you you are playing with it. You're this is you're like so. This is a show that you're playing. It's a lineup. Who's the opener? Oh, damn! Yeah. Oh man, I don't know if I. It's a could show, do that. man. It's a concert. Ref- switch my answers. Let me Tour. let me think of a bunch of people that would be worse than me. Hold on. <laughs> well, you don't have. To, I mean, like it doesn't have to be like that. Like so, you gave you gave that. I was just trying to say like who's who's gonna be the opener. Who's gonna be the headliner? I guess I don't think of my. Myself more as I guess lately I've been thinking of myself more as a uh, somebody who would be playing in somebody else's group uh, more than leading my own. Well, even if you're not the lead, so let's say like it's your dream. These musical groups or artists or whatever, if you had the opportunity to form a a show, let's say you had the opportunity to build a show, 
or pick the artist that got to play this show, who would it be? And who would be the headliner? That's kind of where we're getting at with that. Probably. With the music that I listen to now, probably. Uh, I'll be the same answers because the most yeah. of the music I listen to is uh, based around that or influenced from that, you know. Probably Jacob Collier as well because that kid is just incredible. So Who would be, be the headliner? Who's the main attraction? All of them playing together. Oh, like, that's wild. I was hoping you'd say it's like, like one, me, obviously. One constant, like one just collaboration. Yeah, absolutely. Like a super group. It's a jam sesh. All right, man. So next next thing I wanted to kind of get at before we end this up. Um, what are your most... What are your most useless talents you have, man? He's cutting out most useless what? Talents. <laughs> that could wiggle my ears pretty good. Do it. Bullshit. Dude, all right. I could even do it. Tell, okay, so which one do you want? Either one. Yeah, choose your own adventure. I can make it like individually. Okay, so. Bah, 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 he uh, can. He can do it. Uh, he just did it. Uh. How do you do that? Uh, what the fuck? How do you do that? Dude. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't. Yeah, you know, one day, God uh, himself showed and was like, "Hey, I've given you this gift." Yeah. The gift I'm of like, the that's my, oh man, that's my new thing I've been doing to people is I'll say something like really messed up, and then they'll look at me. I'm like, "No, it's okay. God made me in His image, so <laughs> anything I say or do is a direct action of God." <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. God, God, God approved this message. <laughs> my favorite thing to say recently, my favorite thing no, to say is this is, a superpower that, you know, uh, <clears throat> that was given to me through a dream. Yeah. And, uh, God made you his image. Dude. God made his image. I don't know what God my, wanted. My I keep dad saying... could do it. And I looked in the mirror for a while and figured out how to do it somehow. So. Uh, yeah. I keep. <laughs> sorry. We're... Nick, All right. Nick said some shit that we just, we just can't. It was hilarious, uh, but ugh. I didn't say anything for legal purposes. So how many corners do you think you've stood in? <laughs> and why are you not standing in one right now? Um, He doesn't have his wired headphones in anymore. Because I have no legs, dude. Come on. Oh. <laughs> um, Whatever, dude. I'm just kidding, dude. But wouldn't that be messed up, make you a jerk if I didn't? Dude? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'd be like, I'd be like, I'd be like well, next time, just be better. Yeah, keep your legs. <laughs> hey, I you tried, man. When you ever asked him anything in the military, his answer was always seven. So I'm gonna answer it was seven. About seven. About. Yeah. About uh, seven. He still does that. It's about seven. It's not common anymore. It no. was a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So probably about seven. It's about and seven. then I'm probably not in one right now because. You don't have your wired headphones because, uh, in, so. Yeah, because I have these in, mm. and because I'm an adult, dude. <laughs> you were an adult when I put you in corners. <laughs> dude, shut up. <laughs> um, what's the most trouble you've ever gotten into? Ooh, spicy. Um... 
I left my puppy along too long and she peed on my freaking dog cord. I mean, my my guitar cables, dude. I was like, come on, dude. That's the most trouble you've ever gotten into? No, no way. You never Probably gotten, ever in my whole life. You ever gotten pulled over and just had like a tail light out? <clears throat> no, I've always followed the law probably to more than the law itself, dude, you know? Yeah, of course. All of right. Course. <laughs> 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 no, I, uh, most children have probably gotten into uh, one time. At band camp, he stuck a uh, I got caught cheating on my math test. <laughs> and... Uh, I had to tell my parents. Oh no! And then uh, they beat me. Oh wow! Yeah. That went from. Uh, that <laughs> I was about to say that went from kind of comical to just hey. dark real fast. <laughs> Hello, God. Yeah, I didn't know that. This the is most racist. trouble I ever got in was probably morally when I was a child. I accidentally stole some bubble gum. I went home. I felt so shamed. I had to tell my parents, and I went back and had to get back the the bubble gum because I was in so much trouble with myself, dude. Oh, you know, morally conflicted at four years old is too young, dude. Yeah, that's that's, that's rough, man. I literally can't even imagine. I stole a book from the uh, the book fair one time. Bro. That wasn't the most trouble I've ever been in, but I definitely, you know, I get that. Uh, Remember the first thing I ever stole? I stole a a book on penguins. Penguins. I ended emotional, up the, dude. That's actually, I might have got away with that one. I think I did get away with that. Oh, big man. news. Breaking news. Because I remember having that Penguin book for a while. And just thinking like, yeah, this is fucking mine. I know. Dude, I you, stole, you should, I stole a couple books that. and they didn't catch the Penguin book. The other books. So I wanted to be able to read. I liked reading. And then I didn't have all the books I wanted. So I was like, all the other kids had money despite the book fair and I didn't. You stole them. So I stole them. And he was fair. In there, man. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your favorite sport team? Piece of shit, dude. Obviously the Lions, dude. What? You're a Detroit Lions boy? No, I'm just kidding. My favorite <laughs> sports team is probably. Uh, I don't watch sports, man. I'm a loser, bro. You don't mm. like the basketball? The basketball people? No, dude. I don't watch honestly anything. I'm, you know. Never ever in your entire life. Do I mean the Red Wings growing up? Back when McCarty was on the team, you know. So you just sit there, wallow in silence, play guitar, don't listen to. No, dude, I just don't watch uh, sports, dude. Mm. I'll watch uh, some other things. It's not sports, dude. Why do you have to sound it? Why do you have to say it so weird? Suspicious. Yeah, that's a pretty suspicious. Because he, he's fucking. Just be honest, dude. I'm so busy with school and work. Yeah, but like, what have... what did you you used to watch sports though, right? Uh, never. I never really been into watching sports, man. Sounds like you're a chomeg. <laughs> probably, dude. I don't know what that is, but I don't know probably... either. So hold up. Look on, look on, uh, on Urban Dictionary and see if they got added. Google Chomag right now. Chomag, that's right. They said they said they were gonna. So we interviewed a band that said they were gonna add that to Urban Dictionary because it's a made-up word. And um, okay, I told them that it had no meaning. 
and they said they were going to make meaning for it. Uh, nothing. I can't find anything. Nothing. We're still there. We're still good. We're still good. Don't you worry. They said they're going to make it mean a really nice guy. And I was going to be very upset. So what do you think about birds? Dude, they're not real, bro. Thank you. I thought I was getting here. Holy fuck. I just saw something and I was like, yo, birds are not fucking real. Let's talk about that. Dude, what? They're, they're governments of animal parents, dog. <laughs> Dude, one of the hardest times I've laughed was probably when I saw a person with that shirt with a, with a friend of mine in Florida. Yeah. And I'd never seen it before. And asked him what it meant when they explained it to me how they were government drones. Are they part of the bourgeoisie? What? (laughs) But but what is that? His explanation why as to (laughs) they weren't real was the was the best part. Dude. So I'm like, well, like why would you think they're not real and they're government drones? And he goes, Bro, you ever seen a baby pigeon? (laughs) That's exactly like what I've heard all the time. Like, you ever seen a fucking baby pigeon? Sold like, me. You ever seen a no. baby seagull? And I was like, okay, dude. Honestly, yeah. no. <laughs> I never thought of it like that. And dude. that's like the, uh, the there's the old, always thing like, yeah, why do you think they sit on power lines all the time? It's because they're charging. That's like a drone charging oh, itself is sitting on the fucking. That was, yeah. It was Hold just, on. The so... toilet is flushing and I know it's going to be in the episode. That was... happened. I but did. that's like exactly how I feel is like. I see birds on the fucking, I see birds on the, uh, the, the telephone line. And all I can think is it's a drone charging itself. Like you've seen those videos are like in person, you've seen a bird just hovering in mid space when the wind's blowing against it. It's like, dude, that's, that's a fucking government drone. Billy, dude, that thing is powered by wind. It is. Are you part of that, uh, Facebook group? Uh, birds aren't real. <laughs> oh. Dude, it's honestly one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Cause it's just like numerous people with their, they're super hard conspiracies about how birds are definitely not real. And I'll just be there. I'll just be sitting there after I've like smoked a bowl in the middle of the night. I kind of have anime on in the background and I'll just be on Facebook, like reading this person's like three paragraph long explanation on why birds are definitely controlled by the bourgeoisie, like fucking out of this world. What? Dude, they're probably yeah. right. Yeah. No, it's like a hundred percent. All right. So, uh, so real quick, I just want to like. So you're a musician. You're just like you're just you just got accepted into Berkeley. You're moving like you're you have all of these moving parts to you as a person and to your musical career. And I just can't imagine like how this quarantine has affected you in general. And it's like, I think it's something that we'll always kind of ask people and like the guests we have because of how actually impactful it is for just the modern day person. But I can't imagine what it's like to be a musician in this time. And can you like, can you please like in depth kind of just like lay into that, like how it feels as a musician trying to just like, especially the moves you're making right now, kind of you know, uh, how it has been for you and how this COVID quarantine and everything has impacted you as a musician and especially transitioning into a musical college, how all of that has been for you. 
It's been tough because all the classes went from in person to online through Zoom, and you can't, you don't have the opportunity to play with other students and learn from other students personally, and you can't even play with your own teacher. Uh, you know, it's all through this video thing to where nothing could ever be in time. And uh, so it kind of really takes uh, a really important aspect of music out of music, which is the, the personalization and learning how to communicate and play with others. So um, it's kind of made it a lot harder for school, at least for me personally, because um, I just learn a lot better in person, this type of person that I am. Hands on. But it's kind of forced me to learn how to learn in different ways and kind of compensate for that lack of personalization through um either trying to FaceTime with people I know and learn that way or just, you know, honestly, YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't really still give you the opportunity of actually playing with somebody else on time and in, in real time, I guess I, I should say. And so do you think like that has affected you negatively or like, I mean, kind of you just touched on how it did affect you negatively, obviously, but do you kind of like, I mean, I feel like there are some sort of upsides to where you're going to hold yourself higher. You're going to hide like, as you said earlier, you, we said earlier, you kind of set up your own hurdles to jump over. So do you think you are personally going to hold yourself to a higher expectation than other people will? Or do you think like you would be better off with an entire group and kind of having that like personal, like feeling of these people are relying on me? And like, I need to better myself for them. I think the sense of accountability definitely helps me hold me accountable. Yeah. Uh, so having that group there, I like that group aspect and that team aspect, but uh, learning how to, with how to do it without it has definitely been an upside of it as well, because I'm, I'm learning a different way to learn and, uh, and uh, being able to hold myself personally accountable and learn things I normally wouldn't normally uh, just to challenge myself and uh, try and help myself grow because normally I, you know, I would have that exposure through other avenues, but now since, uh, you know, the, the pandemic and such, I, I, I don't have the opportunity to play as many people as I would normally. Yeah. And so like, so I've seen like going through, you know, like stalking you for lack of a better term, you've been in like groups before. And uh, I don't know if you're in one yet or you now currently or uh, not, but it's just how has that affected you uh, per se? Like if you had music you were working on too, like have you been able I don't know, like where you're living is differential from where we're living, where we have certain guidelines, you have difference um, kind of as like uh, uh, like if you are in a band right now, has that affected your band life too? Um, I just moved somewhere new pretty recently, so I'm not really sure how it is here. Uh, when the pandemic first started, yeah, yeah, there was no option. And when I left there, it was the, the same thing. But mm -hmm. it seemed when I moved here, 
to Texas that things are a little bit more open. And since I've been here, they have opened up a lot more. Um, but I've been, you know, finding opportunities to play luckily live over the past few months, uh, which I'm, I'm grateful for. It's kind of compensate up for the last song, how long I haven't played, you know, with yeah. other people in live and other musicians. And, um, but it, I, I haven't since the pandemic started, I haven't even attempted to play my own music or do anything like that. Just to, I've been so concentrated on school and mm -hmm. uh, kind of like the, the, my next level of education. So that kind of uh, kind of leads into what I was going to ask next was, so are you like right now you're running as like a, you said you just moved. Are you kind of like going on this solo act? Like you're just like, cause I mean, in my opinion, you're kind of like a all around just fucking fantastic at what you're going to do. Like you kind of, it, it feels like you pick it up and you're, you, you get good at it just so you're able to like perform and I feel like you would be, you, you're, you feel, I feel like you'd be easily able to perform as a solo act. And have you found yourself doing that like before uh, COVID or anything like doing your solo act? And like, uh, do you feel like that's a good fit for you? I don't think that it's not a good fit for me. I think I've just lately, I've been a lot more interested in, um, allowing the pressure to be taken off by not being the center of attention and, and being able to concentrate more on mastering an instrument uh, more than, you know, being the entertainment, you know, learning how to fall within a mix and being able to sort of support a band and, uh, or even help compose and write music have kind of been more of my, focus lately yeah because uh, it's kind of been uh yeah does it mean it doesn't mean i don't i wouldn't like to be a solo and act and mm -hmm. i don't plan to continue writing music and hope to record it and stuff but since the since the pandemic started i've um kind of just fallen in this role of trying to to learn more and more and more and more before i decide to you know start expressing myself more and uh you know in the, in the way i would like to yeah and uh, kind of on the same note, before we kind of move on, uh, is there anything that during the pandemic, since you haven't been able to branch out to others that you've been recording by yourself that you like kind of feel happy with or enough to release in the future? I don't think so. Um, Probably not. You know, I, I'm not sure if there's anything that I've written so far that I really think, uh, or at least uh, a grouping of songs, I think would represent, you know, my my next journey in music and kind of what I I like in music and my first, mm -hmm. you know, real uh, release of what i would consider that represents myself you know yeah well what do you uh what kind of what well like what do you want to play like I, I know you said earlier you kind of felt like the funk r&b and like all this like what yeah. what would be your dream kind of like if you could just create your own thing and you got to pick and choose 
you got to pick and choose exactly what you were going to make. What would be kind of your dream band like that you you kind of like got to pick and choose and lay together? Like not necessarily names or anything, but like your kind of style and feel. I think a, a minimalistic group that can that can be impactful, you know, something that is uh, that is happy, melodic, and uh, upbeat. That kind of feels like that's the music I kind of fall towards more lately. Is that just something that makes you feel good, whether it be, uh, I think, if you throw the proper groove behind something, anything can be funky or sound good, you know? Yeah. So um, that's kind of been more of my thing lately is more groove oriented and something that makes you feel good when you're listening to it. So on something that impactful, I guess, you know, uh, that, 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 uh, brings what i that what brings i think out of me would bring out of other people as well and that i could i could share that uh communication with you know yeah like that that joy you get from it is kind of what you want to bring to another person is that kind of like you know uh from what i've from just talking to you i kind of feel like you want to bring that like you're walking down the street and you're taking those big steps and you're looking in the sky at the clouds just kind of not a fucking care in the world you're feeling funky you're feeling happy dude like yeah i want someone to hear my music and the second you hear something cool everyone gets the same face where it's yeah that smells you know, when you're playing the, it too the dog shit face the smell. dog shit when you walk past a pile of dog shit you're like what the fuck is that smell and it's like you can't help but do that face because it's just like ooh, that stank in a good that stank, way though that stank face dude. yeah I, I want someone to someday hear something that i created them just be like like oh you know what i mean yeah okay i I get i won you know i I did what i wanted so and uh my final question i have for you real quick is is the type of music that you're you you kind of want right now something that you could see yourself playing if like say you fucking hit it off tomorrow and like everything you is everything you have right now so you're like have this whole repertoire of music Everything you have right now, you have to play for the next 30 years. Is that something you could find yourself being happy with in the next 30 years? Or is it something where in 15, 20 years from now, you're going to be not like, you know, it's kind of hard to put yourself in this situation, but you can feel yourself in 15 years being like, maybe I'll get sick of the style I'm playing and I kind of want to switch it up or something where I've seen a lot of bands that have had this one sound or musicians and they have this one sound and then eventually they kind of like mature out of it for lack of a better term they kind of progress themselves into another style is this something you could see yourself sticking with for the the entirety of your music career or do you think eventually you could see yourself progressing or maturing into another genre or another you know like just everything yeah i think i think it's a really good yeah, definitely this style for a long time, but I can also see not growing out of it, but uh, growing more into like flowering. You can, <laughs> yeah, like uh, like how I said, world music earlier and different um, uh, cultures' music, and um, 
you know, trying to just learn as much about music and uh, about much of it as, as, as I can, you know, throughout my career, I hope that I can uh, learn how to, you know, cause being a musician is just learning how to play, you know, one kind of thing. It's, yeah. I mean, and I, I would really like to learn how to speak the language truly um, as much as I can possibly understand myself, if that makes sense. Well, hundred percent. Cause music is its own language. It, it is a language that transcends uh linguistics for lack of a better term like actual vocabulary for each you know each uh place that that is it's like you have a feeling behind your music not even including vocals but you have this feeling that's brought with it that no matter what language you speak you still feel this and yeah. it's like yeah. that's why i think me and lauren are so passionate about it is because it's a thing that brings this i mean probably you i mean obviously yourself too if you're this invested in it it's something that you bring a feeling with that you listen to a different song, depending on how you're feeling to elevate the feeling you have or to change the feeling you have. And that's what's beautiful about it. And I think that's like what you're kind of trying to represent here is bring this mutual feeling across the board of having like, this is a happy song. This is a song like this is a song I wrote when I was happy. This is a song I wrote when I was depressed. This is a song I wrote when I was feeling blue, but I knew I needed to feel better. Like that kind of feeling. I feel like that's from me talking to you today. That's kind of what I feel like you want to put into your own music. And I respect the shit out of that. Yep. So the last part broke out. I'm sorry. I, I thought it was <laughs> oh, what was the last part you heard then? It was like, uh, I heard I respect. Oh no, I just, just I out. just respect the shit out of that. Like having your own feeling, like trying to invest how you feel when you write a song into it to kind of like bring that feeling to the masses. I just think that's like a really cool thing to do. I just like respect that. And I think it's, what you're trying to do in your music. And I think a lot of people will like, like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think I've, I've been listening to a lot of instrumental music lately that like, I think has more an effect. I mean, sometimes with like uh, powerful songs with lyrics, you know, just like being able to just hear something and then kind of make your own interpretation of it, I think is kind of what I've been being more towards lately as well. So learning how to like say something without actually, you know, actually saying something you know to where you know with, with, the, with our normal english language so trying yeah. to learn how to speak it with just the musical language is kind of my goal so. to transcend language itself yeah true i mean yeah hopefully someday yeah <laughs> i mean like from some of what i've listened to i think you've done it to where there's like certain uh i think there was a you played a or uh, one of your last bands, you did a podcast. We did a live performance, and uh, I have it written down here. You did the uh, the sound the room room sound room live. sound live. Yeah, that's what it is. And like, just I I remember when me and Lauren were talking about having you on. That's what we listened to, and I remember like just sitting there, and neither of us said a fucking word to each other the entirety of the time that video was on. And that kind of speaks volumes itself when somebody shuts the fuck up and just listens to your music. That's kind of, I think you kind of hit it on the head right there. When once you start singing, 
nobody else wants to talk. They just want to sit there and listen and indulge in the feeling that you're putting out. I think you yeah, it gets scary because like when if you're performing live and and people get quiet, it's either like, "Am I doing well?" or do they really hate it? You yeah. know, like, "Oh man, I don't know what's going on right now." So, I'm glad that you guys enjoyed it. Thanks. Oh yeah, well, we both definitely agree on the fact that I jerked you off are, to it like ten times. Yeah, we definitely uh, agree on the fact that you're a fantastic musician. Yeah. I mean, through and through. I have so much calm, just ready to just ejaculate every time I hear your voice. So. Oh, he uh, has a jar. It's yeah. not even a jar. It's he, he has one of those uh, elders, elders, elders. Uh, lamp. He has a he has a a giant a giant uh like those Lysol wipes. One of those yeah. those factory size Lysol wipe bottles that he just fills. I'm gonna make Tide Pods out of them. And he just, just puts it in the corner and he goes, cum. "This is what's gonna happen when I see Bobby." And he just keeps putting them there. And there's like there's probably about seventy eight in the corner. And I find him down here by himself every night, listening to your song, jerking off into one of those just Lysol Tide Pods. Yeah, out of his cum, just waiting for you. Do you wash your clothes with them? No, no, no. no they're just they're for you in, to wash they're gonna your clothes. Go in, they're going to either for you to wash your clothes or go in your ass. Yeah. Damn, dude, that's why my clothes smell like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, man. Well, fucking hell. Well, hey, man. Um, I think uh, you got some school in the morning. I got work. Um, we got Shrek here. He's he's worked worked up. He's been changing colors all night. He actually did a good job uh, today. Yeah, he's been changing colors all night. Um, you got anything you want to say? Before Anybody you want to shout out? Uh, just to, to the sidewalks for keeping me off the streets. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Uh, he was showing us. Uh, he was basically showing me how far he could fit both of his fists up his ass. Nah, like my hands like swollen. No, yeah, that's fucking. Yeah, I remember you showed me that, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Nah, it's like my hands like twice the size of my other hand. It's really weird. Yeah, it's fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Carpal tunnel, baby. Can't wait to get old. Yee. Woo! Yeah. Um. Same, dude. All right, man. Well, thank you for having us on your podcast. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us on Cover Fire Podcast. Yeah, thanks for coming on to your face. Fires that are covered podcasts, and <laughs> you were sponsored by uh, Hot Dog City USA. Heard it through the grapevine by Marvin Gaye. And uh... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for having me on. Yeah, no it problem, was, dude. Uh, a lot of fun. Hanging out, catching up with you, Lou, and uh, and meeting meeting the the homies, meeting Craig Kroger and Nick, and uh, the other posters above you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to get those sunglasses, dude. It's, it's distractingly there in your face the whole time. <laughs> That's the point. Look at this Hey, man. Well, yeah. Thanks again for coming on. Uh, this has been Cover Fire Podcast. I'm Nick. That's Lou. Hot Dog City, USA. Hot Dog City, USA. Check out Gluevine Farms. Uh, I think it's just Gluevine Farms. They're in Colorado. Check They're out fucking Bobby Elder. He, he sucks, yeah. and I love him, but he sucks. Yeah, he fucking... Send me your hot dogs, dude. I'm all about trying new hot dogs oh. and stuff, dude. So. Literally, just put a naked hot dog in an envelope and just send it to his <laughs> P.O. box. <laughs> Make sure it has lint on it. <laughs> <laughs> make sure it's kosher please please all right man um, we'll talk to you later dude yeah thank you for coming on bye-bye